our listeners to the new episode of Movies on the Rocks. It is us, your lovely three hosts, I guess. <laughs> Whatever Where we are. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was the, known story. as the Motor Boys. Motor, 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 Okay, and we are going to be talking and reviewing and discussing the finer points of the '80s classic known as the Neverending Story. Um, yeah, worst. Look at ever. what you see. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I can't. We're thirty Lamal, seconds in. How do you say that? Lamal, Lamal from form, uh, formerly of Kajagugu. It's, be, it's before. It's literally before your time, Derek. No, actually, literally, yeah, literally, oh, literally before your time. I, I don't think you were even a tickle in the scrotum of your dad. No, <laughs> oh not God. even close. Not even close. <laughs> not even close. Um, and anyway, so yeah, we'll be discussing never ending story today. As always, this is movies on the rocks. Um, we uh, discuss motion pictures. Um, and uh, we discuss them in the order of alphabetical order without uh, genre specifications, at least for this season. We'll see what we do for season two. But for this season, without genre specifications. And we do that while we're drinking. Um, and I will go ahead and for um, our discretionary message, I will go to Goody. Well, everyone, you know the deal. But here it is yet again and always. Uh, this is Movie on the Rocks. That means we are going to be talking about movies while drinking some drinkies and... Um, just enjoy libations. Now, if that's something that you're into, as always, uh, we invite you to join us on this little path, on this journey, um, on this walkabout, if you will, into alcohol and movies. Um, but please, as always, do so in accordance with all the laws, rules, and regulations of your respective territories, countries, and all that. Uh, if you can't drink while, uh, you know, if you're not of the age to drink from wherever you are right now, then please do not. Uh, and if you are going to be drinking, of course, do so responsibly. Um, and also, one more thing, we are going to be getting a little bit of the sauce. Keep getting a little sauce, as always. And so, sauciness. So sometimes uh, the language and the oh humor may get a little, <laughs> a little spicy. Spicy. Uh, come on. <laughs> so, it's, like an, it's like an obsession commercial. Obsession. But anyway, it can get a little spicy, uh, so please, um, I'll, t- I'll explain those to you later, Derek. Um, exactly, so, a little b- before your time. So, uh, uh, but please, uh, it's all in good fun, it's all good humor, so um, uh, if you're offended by anything that we say, of course, we don't mean to do that. It's just a couple guys having some fun, and I hope you enjoy it as well. And, and, bef- and before uh, we get started, I want—I forgot to do introduce ourselves. Like I said, I am Toma, I'm Bebo, sorry. Uh, this is, uh, we're also joined by Goody, my brother. Hello. And of course, Derek, the wonderful third wheel. The magnificent. Oh god, I'm already checked out. Let's go. You know, <laughs> you know, haven't you ever heard that song, dude? Is you know, it takes, you know, it's it's a 30, no. it's a magic number. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Um, come on. 30, it's a magic number. Yes, it is. Sorry. Anyways, all right. So, um wow, yeah, we'll, uh, yes, as a matter of fact, but originally oh. sung by Three Dog Night. What? What? Then by Blind Melon. So yeah. But uh, anyways, sorry about that. Someday um, we'll get to the point. <laughs> oh no, but I, for, for, for all you guys, um, I want to take a little bit of a reference. We're going to do a little Family Guy kickback here. Not Family Guy, yeah, Family Guy. 
Uh, the whole obsession thing right now reminded me of that scene from Animaniacs, Goody. Okay. <laughs> when uh, when Wacko and Yakko are lo- not looking at each other, they're like facing oh, yeah, away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your breath is like a breeze off a landfill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> During their own little parody of possession commercials. Yes, yes. Oh, and the funny thing is, I mean, you saw they're coming back, right? They had a teaser trailer for Animaniacs or for Obsession. An- no, for Animaniacs oh, okay. on uh, on on Hulu. They're bringing new episodes to Hulu. Okay, I got two things to say about this. First off, we have the news <laughs> segment. It could have waited thirty seconds. <laughs> well, no, that wasn't part of the news, but we could talk about it now. Anyways, as secondly, so, so we can, uh, yeah, you know, no, hold on a second, Derek. Derek, wait a minute. I want to say something bro, first, bro. No, no, no. You just interrupted him. <laughs> I Derek, know. Go ahead. I... Derek, go ahead, Derek. Go ahead. Go ahead, Derek. Secondly, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Is that... okay. See, goody. I you see, that's why. Anyways. As always, uh, the next segment is going to be the news, and so we must send it to the news desk! Let me check my stocks. The day. Checking my stocks on a little paper. A little paper that comes out. It's like 1928 before the fall. Just oh, God. Come on. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Um, Black well, Sunday. Oh, Go ahead. Sorry, Goody. I'm man. sorry. I'm really, I'm really on it today. My bad. Go ahead. All right. Anyway. Um, so, uh, my actually big news of the – there's – I think that it's been relatively quiet, at least for me, in terms of the entertainment, pop culture, news front. Uh, one of the big things that actually just recently happened, and by recently, I mean literally today, uh, and if, again, uh, not if you're watching, listen to this, 10,000 years in the future, um, today is uh, the 15th of October in the year of our Lord, 2020. Anno Domini. Anno Domini. Oh my gosh. <laughs> If anyone's listening, just know that this is your this is where we're telling you this is an eight hour episode. Okay? <laughs> an eight hour episode for a ninety minute movie. Anyway, the big kind of sort of news, um, at least especially in the video game front, is that today Sony revealed um, the because you know they're doing a slow kind of trickle of reveals of things because. Uh, next month in November, um, they're going to finally launch the new consoles, the Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, uh, and the PlayStation 5, both the uh, optical drive and the uh, digital version of them. And so they're doing a little, little trickle of things here and there, the reveals. And today the big reveal was that Sony revealed uh, the new uh, user interface or UI for for the uh, the PlayStation, basically the new launching point um and they released a little video of it demonstrating it and actually it looks really 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 cool one of the things they've done uh is basically something that they can finally do now uh by harnessing the power of the solid state drive that they have for it that they put in the machine which i think is a big part of its cost um is the fact that what it, what it can do now is that they well their whole purpose the idea of their user interface is that they don't want you to ever have to leave the game for anything um so what does that mean? Well, uh, and this obviously depends on a game-by-game basis, how much the developer uh, indiv- developers individually per game want to use these um, little features is up to them. Uh, but basically what it can do is this. Let's say you're playing in a game and you're going through different things. Um, and you know how Sony has trophies 
uh, for like little achievements you get done and all that. Which you've been, you know, a uh, little little things you can get for yeah, little awards or whatnot. Yeah. Well, what apparently they've now integrated is that in the games as you're playing it, um, you can like if you've already gone like if let's say you've gone past the point the trophy already would have happened, you can actually access the point in which the trophy would have occurred and go back to try to do it. Like you actually oh. jump into like parts of games you've already finished directly into little parts. Uh, another thing they're doing is that, uh, and this is again up to the, the devs how much they want to utilize it. But one of the things they're doing is they're also going to have an in-game kind of help thing in their UI. So like while you're playing the game, if you want to le- know how to do a trophy, you can actually access this little help thing rather than having because they don't want you to ever have to like leave or like pause and then look on your phone or some sort of or PC to like to find you know how do I get X trophy? How do I get a certain challenge done? It'll actually within the game itself you can access the trophy and then if the developers done this you can actually have a, like a little video that will play on how you might be able to basically a hint like an in-game hint system for all the games to see how would you be able to pull off that trophy or ways of doing that so that you don't have to necessarily ever pull out of the game to look into doing it or find out how to do it I wonder um, I wonder if like I mean if you're if you're gonna blend your UI, to, to into all of the games that are essentially like because you're trying to make your UI kind of dissolve away, right? You don't want it to, That's to have a like theme it. itself. It's kind it's of just more sitting integrated on top. into everything. Yeah, I just wonder like how the device is going to stand alone. Like if we talk about like a lot of times people used to use these as like media centers, right? You can access you know your movie collection or or digital whatever. And, you know, play music and go through your music library, all those different things. But if it doesn't have its own UI, you know, what does that look like? You see what I'm saying? Like, it's not a game behind it. Well, I mean, th- what they've done is that, like, well, Sony pivoted away from that. That was something that Microsoft had to do this generation and failed epically at it with mm. the Xbox. Sony pivoted away from it and said, no, we are, this is a this is a game machine. It's a pure gaming thing. We're not making it to be a kind of catch-all media center anymore like they, they, they ps4 they went away they moved away from that completely and it's hmm. just a gaming gaming hardware um because when sony when microsoft had to do that with the whole connect thing and all that it was like a debacle it did not work out people were just not into that idea uh which you know is one one thing that people say is part of the reason why sony just ran away with this this console generation in terms of sales um but they're 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 gaming for first and foremost, they're not planning on like trying to make a media center type thing to it. So they're trying to make it so, like I said, and that's what they've said. This is their words. I mean, you don't ever have to leave the game for things. It's all so fully integrated. So, like, let's say you want to um, set up, a, you want to send a message to someone. The the controllers have a microphone in them now, so that mm-hmm. you can just kind of like stop for a moment, do a text to speech message, and send it, and then like go back into the game really quickly. It's all very very fast and very easy to to access and send and do all that so that you don't really have to stop. Um, but I'm, I'm sure to do all of this, you probably need that, what is it, uh, what do they call it? Is it PlayStation Plus or whatever, the membership? Well, I mean, um, I don't know if they're going to require that to be able to send a message to someone. Um, I know that used to be required for any kind of, for, for multiplayer, but that's necessarily, not necessarily the same thing as sending a message to someone. I mean, you need obviously internet connection, but I don't know if they require PlayStation Plus for messaging people. You know, kind of, we're setting up parties. I was so I was thinking about this earlier this week. Um, after this, my, my wife brought up how you know they've got their own console that doesn't have a disk drive, so it's all digital. And the 
potentiality of like killing the used game market, right? Um, and I'm curious what your take is on that because I, I mean, growing up playing video games, that was always a point of like, oh, this game's finally old enough, you know, for me to be able to buy it with my allowance or whatever. And that's kind of going to go away, you know? Well, I mean, it, I don't think so necessarily only because, um, because it's like, and Sony's done this, finally started doing this a few years back. You know how you have like Steam sales where like they cut rate a lot of games and get them selling for super cheap. Oh, yeah. um, Sony finally started doing that a few years back where um, they will, they'll do deep discounts. Like even just now, um, like the other day I purchased for like, I think, I think 20 bucks maybe uh, the digital um, Resident Evil 7 fully gold edition. They had mm. it for like 20 bucks. So I got, it was like Resident Evil 7 with all its DLC uh, that came out, which if you bought the gold edition, full price is like 70 or $80 and they just cut it down really cheap. I didn't think it was 20 bucks, but it was like, so Sony does that. So you, you they, they do have sales. You have to be part of the zone, right? You have to be part of PlayStation zone, don't you? Or PlayStation Plus or whatever I'm talking um, so, Well, not necessarily. No, no, no. You don't have to. Um, they have they have sales that are that are like discounts across the board. Uh, but then sometimes if you're a PlayStation Plus, there's an additional percentage discount as yeah, well. Yeah, like an additional like okay. five or ten percent kind of thing. Yeah, it, it depends. Um, but they, yeah, digital sales, digital games, digital versions of games, they go on sale too. Like they finally are doing that whole thing. So they're going to have like right now they're doing like a Halloween sale. So they have like themed games uh they've had a big in japan sale more than once so it's like games that are popular in japan they had a jrpg sale not too long ago uh they always have a winter sale they always have a summer sale kind of like steam does they always have uh what what festival is in japan the um the festival oh i always forget what it's called it's like a summer festival not summer festival but it's like I forget what it is, but they always have these 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 sales. They coincide with sales with, with festivals or just in general, and they have like a deal of the week. Oh, that's one. That's one thing. Also, they had a deal of the week, and I purchased Assassin's Creed Odyssey for like the entire like full on ultimate edition of it with everything DLC for like fifteen or twenty bucks on there. Um, so like they 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 do that. So you don't necessarily have to do the, wait that long for the um, for the um, you know, what is it? Oh, like the price to drop or it to go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you, I mean yeah, you're going to have to. Yeah. But I mean, even if you buy a used version of a new game, like I said, you go to GameStop and buy a used version of a new game, of a new game. No, of a new game. I mean, it's funny. Like you can get a new, uh, the used version of a brand new game. Like someone bought it, maybe played it for a week and then, um, you know, sold it back. Returned it, yeah. Returned it. Sold it. Um, you, they like they, they only knock off like five bucks. Yeah. So yeah. like for five bucks more, just buy the buy it brand new. You know, and it has all the little add-ins and stuff in that. Exactly. Um, so yeah. Well, like for me, it was like I would go to GameStop and have no idea what game I wanted. You know, and somebody recommend. I remember I went there and there was a game that was like it's probably four or five years old at the point at that point, and uh, man. It was it was like down to like seven or eight bucks I paid for that PlayStation Three game and it was one of the best video games I've ever played and I beat it in one night. What was it? Now I'm curious. Have you ever heard of Journey? That's the one with the people in the, the desert or something. It, yeah, yeah. There's 
They have like long Dude. scarves and other characters, other players can like help out with stuff, right? Is that it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and to be fair, I'm sure this game was never a $60 title. It was a very, very short game. I mean, it, me, somebody who doesn't play video games almost ever, was able to beat it in about four and a half hours, right? But it, it's, man, it is such a good game. Well, I that's, recommend That's actually one of those games that's kind of famous for like helping to usher in the indie market. And like the whole indie craze that became a big thing in the, you know, 2010s and onward and late 2000s, mm-hmm, 2010s. Mm-hmm. And Journey was a big reason for it because it showed that indie developers and pub- indie developers can like make beautiful games. Are they going to have the scale of AAA game? No, but they don't have to. Because it's not mm-hmm. necessarily what the goal is for every game they make. And so now the indie market is a huge thing. Yeah, actually, I, I have I have a few indie games and I'm like totally entranced with like what was the name of that game that was that world war one game i'm trying to remember Valiant hearts yes oh my god yeah. what an amazing yeah. game that was very good that game is amazing derek if you ever want to play like a good indie game dude and it's not expensive dude it's it's valiant hearts get it it's worth it the storyline the the it's got so for a video game it's got so much gravitas it's insane yeah it's, the narrative is actually like very kind of like emotional and stuff. Check it out. I mean, it's very, it's very it's it can be very art intense. Style, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a it's a pretty cool one. Um, yeah. But anyway, but one of the things, and that's also kind of to your point, you said about you, you didn't know what you were looking for when you went to the store, and you kind of found something. Uh, they're they're planning on doing that where the the store. Now this is said this. I don't know how how deeply this will happen, but the store will kind of like tailor itself to what things you sort of get. You know, like Wait, um, like. Like almost like algorithm analytics yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, like mm. if it sees that I'm buying a lot of like RPGs or like you know or action RPGs, like um, I don't know, I'm thinking oh like Diablo or you know or you know Victor Vale or Grimm or whatever, then it might pull those games up a little bit more, you know, because I'm I'm into that stuff as opposed to like splashing me with you know Call of Duty or NBA 2K1 when I'm not into those kinds of games. You know, like, I never buy those. You, you know? know, so a lot of people, there, there's certain times that I'm very protective of, like, my data on the on, online and whatnot, but then there's times where it's like, if you can recommend me really good stuff that I want to spend my money on, I am not upset about it. Like, the things that Amazon knows that I'm interested in buying – I'm perfectly okay with that. So if a game store <laughs> like, doing that, no, dude, all of a sudden, like I was just thinking about that. Yeah, or you know, I know, oh, you you search for this. How about this? And I'm like, that's a great idea, Amazon. Thank you for telling me. And then, thank I, you, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I mean, well, it's one of those things. It's like, well, thanks for the suggestion. Shut up and take my money. What's next? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or like, and I'm sure they do that. Even though sometimes those sales, well, it'll be like the deal of the week. And then, and then it's like, oh, that's the game I've been waiting for for a long time. Oh, it's eighty percent off. Getting it. That's actually exactly what happened with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I don't know if it knew I was looking for that game or something, but like, it was like eighty percent off for that full ultimate edition. And I'm like, yes, I'll get that. Thanks. The only and, thing uh, that makes me like anxious is like sometimes one of those sales on Amazon is like, hey, here's this thing that you want at a ridiculously cheap price, but you can only buy it at this price for the next twelve minutes. I'm like, well, shit, I was going to buy it anyway, but I'm definitely buying it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 yep. You well, bastards. Have, it's, it's like that. So, uh, but yeah, it's going to be sometimes, it's gonna, it may be telling us, oh, and that's the other thing. The store itself will also be more integrated. Like right now it's a separate app, 
Now it won't be. It won't be like, like if you play, if you do it now, you access it now on the PlayStation, it'll be like, all right, it's clearly a different app where you see kind of loading and all of that. Now it won't be. Now it'll just be like, you'll, 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 I guess you'll tap it. You'll click onto it with your controller and it just kind of opens up really quickly and does all, it just, it's, it's more integrated. It's not a separate app anymore. It's part of the UI apparently. Um, and it's all very tiled. And even the way it looks, it's all very tiled and kind of clean looking. Um, it looks like, and I like this also, one of the things that was kind of like a gripe that I, I, I heard and I realized once I heard it that I actually didn't, I thought that was a problem too, was that let's say you have a really cool theme or background or wallpaper, right? Um, that's great, but then like the UI had, was like basically this, this bar, right? In the middle of it, covering up a good chunk of, what, of that cool background that you like so much, you know? So now it's much more, uh, it's much like the tiles themselves are small, like little, the little tiles they have for you, the different apps and things you're going to be accessing are smaller and they're kind of more lifted. So you definitely have, and they only kind of grow bigger once you've, um, you know, you've, you've, you know, you've highlighted it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Like once it's the, the selected item or whatever, Yeah, right? selected item. And it's not that much bigger, but otherwise you still, you, most of the background looks like it's pretty nice and clear. Uh, and that way, when you get a theme, you really like so much a dynamic theme you actually get to enjoy the theme rather than have it like kind of be broken up by the ui bar right down the middle of it so what's the um, verdict then you like it you hate it um i like it i wish they had shown more of the playstation store store itself i'd like to see how that's changing but i feel like that's more of a, that's actually kind of still almost a work in progress the way it sounded uh, but i like it um the only thing is that they did focus quite a bit and this makes sense on like the party and like kind of like a social aspect of the new UI, which is again, fully integrated. So like you don't have to ever leave your game to do stuff. It's all really nicely meshed in. So you don't have to, you know, leave to do things, but, um, and that is just me. I, I'm not that guy. I really don't do any social stuff with my gaming. So like a lot of it didn't necessarily apply to me, nor was it something I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to be going to use, but just the concept of it being so integrated and I mean, they're really, really, really leaning into it. this is an SSD that we're using on this, this console. So the, the faster, you know, load time that they have for it and all that is what they're really leaning into to kind of demonstrate how everything just switches and changes and you can do lots of different things all at once and you're not going to have your system slow down or you're not going to have like the fan turn on and it's going to take off or something because it's overheating. Did, did you, did you happen to see the, like the, detailed breakdown on like why that ssd is such a big deal uh way back i think in march or something when i think the system architect mark cherney talked about it i i i mean i i did i watched it i can't remember it because a lot of it was over my head so um it's it's um it's it's, they overcomplicated it honestly it's so what what normally happens is like you've got your your um, your graphics card is trying to you know render the photo, render the screen, right? That, that that you know whatever that frame. Well, the graphics card has to ask the processor for the information on the hard drive, and so it's got it's all got to go through the processor, and that becomes a middleman, and it slows everything down. And so they're skipping that, so the graphics card can go straight to the hard drive, and then they upgraded it to a, a, a M.2 SSD or something like that. So it's just a really fast hard drive that has direct write to the graphics card. Wow. Well, and I know that you know, that's why that's one of the big reasons why the system is so large is because they gave it a bigger fan so it can make sure it's cool so it's not going to be loud. Oh, but yeah. also, and it's also using liquid metal as a kind of 
heat sink or not it has a heat sink but also using liquid metal as part of its coolant cooling sort of um, process yeah it's a thermal conductor it goes yeah. between the heat sink and the processor yeah which is kind of and that's a big deal because normally um like liquid metal is it by nature it's liquid right so you you can't turn it sideways and turn it upright and turn it sideways like a console would so they built a cool way to keep it in place yeah, it looks like it. So you can do both, and you're not going to have any problem with the liquid metal, you know, right. screwing up. Um, For sure. Which, knowing what's going to happen with my, like, I'm already thinking about when I get it, whenever that is. It's probably not going to be for a while. Because um, you're talking about the whole digital thing. Um, I might actually opt for the optical drive, which is more expensive, only because I have so many PS4, like, disc games I want to finish and I want to finish. Mm, yeah. I don't want to run the risk of not being able to, act, like, going digital, because I tend to digital games too. I could, I also need to get through, but I don't want to switch to digital. And then it's like, well, there's no way to prove you bought the disc version of that game, which there should be a way. To, I'm pretty sure there is somehow. They're gonna hopefully they figure that out. But there's no way to prove you bought the disc version of this game, so you are not going to be able to play anymore. So I don't know. We'll see. Or maybe I'll just try to plow through my disc-based game so I don't have to worry about it later. We'll see. Man, I don't have no idea how they're going to figure that out. Like, like to give people vouchers if they already own the game and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know either because, I mean, yeah, again, so I may, that may be the reason why I've got to opt for the, the more expensive optical, you know, the, the drive version of it. But I'm not going to buy it for, I mean, I have, I'm not gonna, unless my PS4 craps out on me, I'm not going to be buying it for a long time, for a while. So yeah, probably not, that's probably exactly least, how I feel as well. At least not until 2021. Um, yeah. unless it's, again, if, unless the system forces my hand, I'm not going to buy it until 2021. So, at, um, in the least, at least, at least, at least. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to buy it in 2021 at some point. I think. But, yeah. But I'll uh, probably I'll probably wait till the following years to make sure everything's cooked out. I'll, I'll, it's not going to take that long for the, to everything to be cooked out. I'm sure. I'm and, just going to keep playing Stadia because uh, it's good <laughs> enough for what I do. I suppose. It's good enough I'm for good. the girls. So yeah. Cool. Any other news articles? All right, so I got one for you guys. So let's discuss. Let's discuss. All right, so um, there was some. There was quite a few announcements this week on the motion picture side, specifically on the Spider Man side. Right, so, oh goodness, yeah, let's go. All right, so I don't know if you've heard this, Goody, but you know that Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be in the new Spider Man movie, right? Yes, he's supposedly going to be like. The new kind of Tony Stark mentor. New mentor, guy. yeah. Apparently, uh, all his mentors have to have beards. But hey, that's just, that's I was just, just another thing. That. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> they all gotta be goatee wearing weird bearded. Well, wonders. Happy Hogan didn't have one. Yeah, Happy. Well, yeah, but I wouldn't say Happy was a more of a mentor. He was yeah. more of a guy, like a guy to cry on your shoulders. But anyway, so here's the deal. So Benedict is gonna be coming back, coming to to the Spider Man as, of course, as Doctor Strange, and of course. This is going to be probably one of the movies that's going to be either right after or very soon after Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. Okay, so now, so that is also leading to the point that we just found out this week also, or the, the last week, that Electro is coming back played by Jamie Foxx. Oh, yeah. I think you mentioned that on the other episode, but man. Yes. I, yeah. I'm, so Electro's coming back as Jamie Foxx, but Electro was Jimmy Fox. He was in the Andrew Garfield series. And then this week, they announced that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire will be returning as Spider Man as well, as Peter Parker. 
So this is already leading into the fact that we are going to be heading straight into the Spider-Verse, probably at the end of this movie. Well, okay. if they're going to be leaning into the whole multiverse thing, this is phenomenal. Exactly. So I don't know how it's going to be leading into it. Who knows if it's going to be, you know, like at the end, all of a sudden, Toby, you know, all of a sudden the two Peters show up in the, the new movie at the end, like in a cutscene, And then we just have to wait for the next Spider-Man movie or something. I don't know how that's going to work out. But for that feeling, I have a feeling that we're going to be seeing a, the multiverse is going to run wild in Marvel. And it's going to be, and then of course, they just sent out a rumor this week of another team up that always happens in the comic books, but hasn't happened in the movies because they've been in two different companies, and that's Deadpool and Spider Man. So, as you can see, the news is about Spider Man. So, let's discuss this. What do you guys think? Do you think. Do you think the new Spider-Man movie is going to be just him and maybe with all these people? Are, they, are we going to see the Sinister Six? Man, are we going to see the beginnings of the Sinister Six? I don't know, dude. I don't know. I'm trying to process this. Okay, so you said <laughs> it's they're going to have Andrew Garfield play Spider-Man. Yes. With Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. And Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker as well. Yeah, and, and Tom Holland is still and Tom Holland Spider-Man. Is like, yeah. Like it's Wait, still be- so Tom Holland's in it as well? Oh, it's Tom Holland's are you, movie. Are you? That's what I thought. You, and then you said we, Andrew Garfield was no, going to no, be no, in no, it. No, no, in no. the same universe here? I mean, you, you hear what I'm saying, dude? Okay, let me. Okay, the point is in the next Spider-Man film, right? Um, Doctor Strange is is the new mentor. They're kind of making him a mentor, right? And that, of course, the, the whole, his whole movie is going to be leaning into the bringing in the multiverse, right? Uh, even though they already mentioned it with the last movie, but it was it ended up being kind of like not true. He's not from the multiverse. Like, uh, Mysterio wasn't, but still, it's yeah. there. It was, it was more of a yeah. It was kind of. I think it was. I think it was misdirection on Kevin Fe- Kevin Feige's point. Yeah, but the point is that since uh, Doctor Strange is going to be accessing the multiverse, the rumor is that in the new Spider-Man movie, some that supposedly Andrew Garfield will be reprising his Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire reprising his Spider-Man. Are they going to be cameos? Are they going to be a post-credit stinger? Who knows? Uh, but the fact that that's the rumor, but but Jamie Foxx is confirmed to be yeah. in the in the new and, Spider-Man and Tom Holland film. And as far as I know, I'm I mean everything I've read in regards to Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, that's like ninety percent sure it's happening. And it's not been confirmed if Jamie Foxx is playing the Electro from the Andrew Garfield movie or a new Electro. Just the MCU's Electro, and he's just playing the Electro character. Again, oh my though. gosh, how many more wrenches they're going to throw into this, dude? But it's like, it's pretty interesting. And to answer your question, Bebel, about the Sinister Six, I cannot um, see them going any other way. They're, they're definitely setting it up. I mean, you've got, you've already got Vulture. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have Electro. You're going to have Electro. You have Scorpion already. Scorpion's been mentioned. Uh, well, he's, you've already seen him. You've just seen him as as his normal, human self. His human self, yeah. So Scorpion's there. Um, There's also well, you you know, okay. So, all right, I'm gonna go deep cut. They never nerd here. They, 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 they never. Um, they haven't done anything with Osborne, have they? No, but they've mentioned him. Like they mentioned, uh, I think they mentioned that Harry, that that uh, uh, Osborne, Harry Osborne, Harry Osborne, right? It's Harry Osborne. Is it Harry or what's his dad's name? Um, Ned. Whatever, Mr. Osborne. <laughs> Let's just call him Mr. Osborne. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Mr. Osborne. He uh, 
according to their Was Oscorp, it, even in the movie. I mean, Oscorp, yeah. I, oh, that's what it is. Oscorp, I think, bought the Avengers Tower. Yes. Okay. I think Oscorp bought the Avengers Tower from Tony when he went upstate to when, when he went to upstate New York and built the compound. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what I think they, it was like a throwaway line in one of the movies. They bought they bought the Avengers Tower. Oscorp bought the Avengers Tower, and some people think that the people who kind of paid money to steal the technology for the shrinking technology from um, from the Ant Man and the Wasp and that that whole group, some people believe they were like, you know, funded by Oscorp. Like you never you don't know who their boss was. Like Walton Goggins' boss, you never found out who he was. You knew he worked for somebody, but he wouldn't say who he worked for. That's not to Maybe say we still, yeah. It, we, that's not to say that we, you know, there's not, there's not another nefarious group out there. Oh wait, like no, the no, ten no. rings. Aim, Aim was already taken care of. Aim was. It was an Aim. No, Aim was taken care of in the the Iron Man film with the yeah. extremists. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Wait, extremists. Such, I love Aim. Is such a major Marvel villain group, and they made them like we just took it. Just took them out so fast. And well, what I'm what I'm what I'm happy about is Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. We're gonna get to finally see. Oh yeah, real the, probably the real Mandarin. The real Mandarin, but either way, we digress. One of our tangents. But what yeah, I was saying is that thirty minutes. <laughs> what I'm saying is that there's a, a you know feeding off of Spider-Man three. The guy who plays Ned, his uh, you know Peter Parker's friend. Have you seen him recently? Yeah. Like he's super skinny and super jacked up now. Like he's okay. Locked all the weight. He's super skinny. He's got a bald head. He shaved his head and he's like all like cut and. They believe there's rumors that say that in the Spider-Man movie we're gonna get the Ned Leeds Hobgoblin. Mm. Oh yeah, because his character in the comics was Green Goblin became, slash Hobgoblin for a yeah. while or something. Yeah, yeah, he became the Hobgoblin. So that could be the other member of the Sinister Six. You know, because they haven't brought in Harry Osborn as a character really in in the in the in the movies. Like he, I, I don't think we've even met Harry Osborn. In uh, in Spider Man, no, no, they haven't really. No, so I mean, there's all this stuff going on. Oh, and of course, you know, the big bad in this next movie, it could be it, it's the 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 rumors are that it's Craven. Oh yeah, Craven like, the Hunter. You know, because because Spider Man's on the run since they revealed his identity. How do I not know any of these names? <laughs> Craven is a member of the Sinister Six as well. He's a founding member of the all, Six. All we need now is Dr. Octopus. And we're done. And we got our six. That's what we need, dude. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Well, my, my only Octopus. thing is, well... Yeah, Alfred but, Molina. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's but, multiverse. Alfred Molina makes well, an appearance. Didn't he end up dying? I know, dying. but you never know. All of a sudden, well, anyway, multiverse no, happens. My, my thing is that, like... My thing is that, like... um, Yeah, but... But they gotta have Green Goblin before they have Hobgoblin, man. I know, I know, I know. I'm just, and that's why, I'm just throwing it out. That's there. my other thing. I don't want. I really don't want them to make, you know, his buddy Ned into a villain because I'm kind of. I, I don't. Why? What need is there to make him a villain? Like, no. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I watched. Maybe. I watched the transformation in Cobra Kai when they made Hawk that guy. Um, if you ever, if you ever seen the Cobra Kai series, and you know what I'm, know what I'm talking about, but. But if you have, yay! That's a great series, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> I know I, I want Ned to stay Ned. Like, no, he he should stay the way he but, is because he's a cool. You know, he's really good as a maybe as an other, maybe as a, he, maybe as a maybe computer he, guy, like the guy on the street, like oh, in the vans, like oh, um, 
I don't know. Actually, no. But now Spider Man's suit does everything he needs to do. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. What if, well, hold on. What if what if Ned wants to be a superhero himself? You know. And then by accident becomes the Hobgoblin. Yeah. Or he becomes like Syndrome and wants to be a, a superhero, but then no one takes him seriously. He becomes the villain. Exactly. No, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not happy with that that, that nope. chain of events. Okay, uh, what well, if, what it, if we just uh, make him uh, Sinestro or something? Right? <laughs> you know, that's Sinestro, Jesus God. Christ, Derek. <laughs> that's also, um, I think that's actually DC. So yeah, uh, <laughs> Has get no out of here, nerd. <laughs> Although Derek, I do appreciate the deep cut reference of Sinestro. That is impressive. Yeah, that is impressive. You definitely pulled know. one out of the air. It's just all of a sudden, you reached up, you reached up into the clouds and just pulled the diamond, my friend. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is that... So, the cloud and pulled out a diamond? Exactly. Like, I don't think you know how diamonds work. <laughs> it's Lucy's diamond. Anyways. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> anyways, what I'm saying is that, okay, so there's that happening. And, of course, you know, like, in, like I said, in the Spider-Man movie, this is what I'm saying. I don't know what they're going to be doing in the Spider-Man movie. They're supposed to start filming it this month, actually, in here in Atlanta. So it's supposed to start filming. Like, they're, they're going to start filming now. All right, uh, you know what your job is. You gotta go. I gotta and go there and get pictures. Get, do that. Be that guy. Maybe motor I will. Boat, you never know. Motor, motor boys. Motor, motor boys, motor boys exclusive. I'll put it on the Insta. What? Oh man, I might, I might just a, do that. <laughs> this letter from like Sony and Disney, and maybe I can get an, an or, interview with Tom Holland or some or, shit. Or, or Disney Shock, or you could. Or Disney shock troops come in and then like yes. just bust down your door. All of a sudden, it's like, dude, I wasn't saying any any spoiler alerts, but guess what? This is what happens with what I saw. No, I mean, no I don't spoilers, know, dude. I'm... But I saw Tom Holland in a very bloody costume. Oh my god, <laughs> he gets hurt. So, so no, but I mean, there's all this stuff going on, and I'm just wondering like how they're gonna fit into this movie because how are they gonna resolve the aspect of you know him being outed, you know, by Mysterio. And, you know, unless they do something that they've done in other movies where all of a sudden the first 30 minutes, it's like the end of that thing. And then we're into this whole new thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how they're going to figure that part out. And I, Matt, I, Murdoch. Really... Matt Murdoch comes in. That's the other thing. Saves That's the, the other day. rumor. The other rumor is that. That's an old rumor, though, that Matt Murdoch is yeah, his yeah, lawyer. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But, oh, that nice. that's a nice little segue, Goody. Thank you for that. Um, but if we realize it, the... Marvel should be getting those rights before before the end, like by the new year. Yep. What twenty twenty one? Yeah, they'll get the rights for the Netflix shows. Wait, so does that mean that's all of Spider Man, but that still leaves X Men behind, or what? No, 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 no. Nah. I'm talking about the Netflix shows. Like we're talking Daredevil, Punisher, uh, Jessica Jones, Luke Iron Cage, Fist. Iron Fist. Defenders. Oh, okay. Like specifically the Netflix TV shows. Like the, specifically the Netflix okay. TV shows that they have that they can't do anything with those characters because Netflix owns them, and so they well, have to actually win. it's it, they're only going to be able to do the Daredevil ones because I think it's like it has to be X number of years since the ep- last episode of that series. Well, Netflix. So like, remember, well then no, but then they, then they should already have Iron Fist because Iron Fist. Remember, Iron Fist had ended before the third season showed up. And so did and so did Luke Cage. Luke Cage ended before the third season, and the only ones that when they may show up that may not have yet is Jessica Jones because Jessica Jones came after. I think Punisher also. 
Punisher and Punisher's two. second season, yeah. So, but pretty soon, like probably within the next six to nine months of next year, they're gonna have all the series. Do you think? Do you think that Netflix will retain the rights to stream it? No, probably they, not. No, I, I think I think they are not gonna have the rights. It's, it's over. It's it's gonna be gone. Yeah, well, I mean, because like most other Netflix originals, they own the rights to keep them available globally indefinitely. They didn't. But they didn't own the rights to these. This was more of a partnership not, with AT&T. Like one of those times, I think, like you're talking about that kind yeah. of partnership where they got somewhere in the middle, you know? Yeah, it's it's because they wanted to be a part of Marvel. They wanted to have something in the Marvel universe, and these are kind of like these are in like the extremities of the MCU, but are not really affected by what happens. They mention them. You see newspaper bylines in the background in the news, in the news offices. And they kind of talk about the, the New York incident. You know what I mean? They don't want really to New much. York. Yeah. Like, but they, but they call it the New York incident in the show. They don't call no, it the battle call, of New no, York. No, they call it the battle of New York. When do they say that? And then the first season of Daredevil, and talk about the whole really. The I was whole, I was the heard whole, the New York incident, the whole corrupt. No, they call it the Battle of New York. Oh well, either way, they 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 mention them, but they don't really like you. Don't really see like stuff that happens. It's it's very it's very uh, insular. Like it's in its own. Little well, area. and that was the point. They're they're trying to yeah. make it so like this is like a different sort of like it's street level. Is what they're always we're pulling. It's a street level crime. So we're not going to have like aliens and all this stuff. Although it did get kind of mystical with yeah, uh, certain end. aspects of it, but it was yeah. never like protect the world type thing too much. It's always been like protect stay, New York, protect New York, or protect a particular neighborhood of New York or something. It was much more, it was much smaller scale. Like Iron Fist was what uh, Chinatown, Manhattan. Uh, Luke Cage was Harlem. Um, Jessica Jones was Jessica Jones. I think was Manhattan. Well, they're all my hands, but like Hell's Kitchen, she was in. Yeah, like yeah, and well, Daredevil was Hell's Kitchen. She was Hell's Kitchen too, right? Yeah, yeah, and then and then and then Luke Cage was Harlem. Yeah, you know, so and and that was they always had to kind of like take care of their respective neighborhoods, and I was really geeked for a Luke Cage uh, Iron Fist show, Heroes yeah. for Hire. God, I wanted that so bad. Yeah, because because there were a couple episodes where they they do team up, and it's really really cool how they kind really of made the little like little. Um, what do you call that? The little the relationship. Yeah, it was good. The friendship is really cool. Yeah, so it was really good. But I mean, yeah, so the bromance, if you will, the bromance. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. If if they already have Iron Fist, you know, like rights, who's to say that in the Shang Chi movie, Iron Fist doesn't show up? I don't know. I, don't know. I, just, I just hope that Disney does not leave these in the rearview mirror because they're a really great. I don't think overall. they will. I think what's going to happen is what we talked about it a few episodes ago is that they're probably going to end up building some section of Disney plus that's for adults only. And they're going to start bringing in stuff, you know, and, and, and have it be a part of that, of that part. That or part of that or maybe they just send it to Hulu. Well, no, they can't. Well, they, it wouldn't be smart because I, it, what we said in that episode is that in Hulu, they only have Hulu's only in the U S and Japan while Disney plus is everywhere. Yes, but the movies are, the show's already made. And it's in the can. It's already done. They're not going to be gaining anything from or losing anything from putting it in Hulu. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. And they might just like put whoever's going to watch has already watched it because those shows are already years old. They might just point. put it on Hulu, but I'm sure they're going to do it in that Disney Plus. I'm sure that Disney Plus is going to make an area that's going to be just for adults. It's it's a smart thing to do in my mind. It's just smarter that way. Well, but in any, yeah, you know, they don't have to. You know why? 
because they have the parental things. And if you put your profile a certain age, it locks mm-hmm. out things that are that are not in the age group that you. Can yeah, do. that's what I'm saying. Sorry, got that's that. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They they they're gonna figure something out where it's gonna lock the kids out. So you know, if you make a if maybe if you have to do a pin for like anything that's over the age, like they do for Netflix right now. Yeah. So. So how far do you think they'll go? What do you mean? Well, I mean, right now, Disney Plus has, what, G and PG, right? And PG-13. Oh, okay, never mind. I was sitting here thinking, like, do you think they're going to go all the way to rated R, or they'll stop at PG-13? But if they've already got it, then... Well, they've already had, they already have PG-13, and of course, some shows are TV-14, like Runaways from Hulu. Like, that show's on TV Disney Plus, and that's a TV-14 show. And... Uh, that one's a pretty intense show as well. For it to be on Disney Plus, it's kind of surprising it's on Disney Plus if you ever watched it. Um, and so the thing is, is that, like Goody said, they're probably set it up where if you want to watch it, you have to put in a pin if you're a certain age. Like if you're a certain age, then you won't be allowed to even see it. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah, it's like a hidden where, profile or something like that. Yeah, exactly. It's have some some blocks in the profile, so it's just where it is. You know what I mean? Like with Netflix, we have we have my daughter; she can watch certain things, but anything past a certain point, like we have to put in a pin, and she doesn't know that pin. So then, do you think that? I mean, because Disney has a lot of other properties, right? And yeah, a lot of works. There you go. Exactly. Right. Um, I mean, do you think they'll just do it all at once, or do they? I mean, I assume some of those are like licensed out to places like Netflix already. You know, and, what, what do you mean? Maybe some of those have to licenses might have to expire, right? I mean, Which ones? I don't know. I mean, I'm, maybe not some of their older stuff, but some of their newer stuff, possibly. What are you talking about? I'm just thinking about like how like Netflix has movies that. And I don't know specific ones, but you know, Netflix has a lot of movies that are not their own, right? They're paying some licensing fee to Fox or Disney or somewhere. It stands to reason that if Disney was going to open it up and do hosting of movies that are all with the way to rated R, some of them are going to be already leased out to places like Netflix and not well, be available, you know? Yeah, well, the thing is that Disney is only going to be doing Disney properties. That's it. So they're not, they're not going to be yeah. like doing like super hardcore R stuff. Because unless they're going to start like putting in Disney Plus other Disney owned studios, like you're probably that's what you're talking about. Yeah, but, exactly, exactly. But a, a, but a lot of the licensing that they did with Netflix has already ended. That's why people are talking about it because that's when when once the Disney the plan for Disney was to create their own streaming service. That's when you saw them start pulling back from Netflix or the Netflix deal, not renewing the contract with Netflix. Which is why then Netflix began to cancel um, the. Uh, the Marvel series, even though they were pretty popular at that point, but they're like basically announcing, okay, this is done, this is done, this is done, because they were no longer going to have that license with Disney anymore. Um, yeah, and I mean, and, and so like even Disney right now, if you were to go into Disney Plus and let's say pick a movie, let's say Mary Poppins Returns, if you go into Disney Plus, it has a date of when it's going to become available. I think it says like, uh, I think it's supposed to be like Christmas of this year, because right now it's on Netflix. But Christmas of this year it runs out its rights with Netflix. There we so go. like on Christmas of this year at two AM, it will move from Netflix to Disney Plus. You can, there's a ton of there's movies like that all over the place. Like um like Endgame was one of those. Like it was on Netflix and but it had to be there first because they had an original they had a rights to it in the in, in the beginning, 
but they've stopped doing that. Like I think Captain Marvel was the first movie I think that didn't go directly to Netflix, I think, or was the last movie they had made rights to or something like that. Some, some weird thing where that was the last MCU movie that actually had rights on Netflix and they, and, and they, and that's it. And then it kind of steamrolled from there. You know, any rights that they had for any upcoming movies they had already agreed with, okay, they got it, but it's going to move to Disney plus. So that's why you have movies like, like they just announced this week, that movie soul is going straight to streaming now. From Pixar. Yeah, I saw that one. Oh, and, and that was a, actually was a, something with the news, big thing was that Disney seems to be pivoting to the point where they're like, basically, almost like yeah, they announced, yeah, the they're leaving thing. theaters and just moving straight to uh, like VOD or streaming is what they're going to be but doing, basically. For future. Like they're unless, basically forgetting theaters for now. Unless it's like a tentpole, like huge thing, like the Marvel movies, like Kevin Feige's not going to let them do that. Are but you like, sure? They moved Black Widow to next year. Yeah, it's I know. Fun. They keep on pushing him back and back and back. But like, I'm sure this is the last push. Okay, I'm sure this is the last time that Marvel's that he's gonna he's gonna be able to push them on it because they need to move forward with stuff. Well, also, they need I think money for it. Also, but I think it's also better timing because Wanda's coming out at the end of the year, and then probably Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be out probably first quarter of next year. So. And then, and that's supposed to lead into kind of like Black Widow, which is supposed to lead into other things. So, I mean, it's just they, they can't keep pushing back the timeline. They have to release it. Either well, and they also have to make their money for it, too. Exactly. They have yet exactly. to make a dime on it. Exactly. So, I mean, I think you're going to probably see, unless we have, of course, the vaccine for COVID, you're going to see from now on, I mean, I mean, they just announced that AMC is going to run out of money before the end of the year. Like, they will run out of money. You know, I mean, they even uh, Alamo Draft House uh, here in Dallas. They they finally closed them all until the end of the year. Oh, really? Yeah, like they 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 had like seven or something like that. They closed three of them just to try and you know keep things afloat. And then when I think James Bond got pushed back again, oh yeah, 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 they just closed all of them for the rest of the year. They're like, we don't have enough to basically make ends meet. You know, it's funny how if you think about like. Super indie films just never have the budget or the push to make it into theaters, right? And often they have to get shown one place just so they can go and win an award, right? Yep. Then now on the other side of the spectrum, we've got so much money that we don't even have to go to the theaters. We're just going to stream it ourselves and make money that way. Yeah. So we've skipped over it all together. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, they, they, because with that whole premiere access and with video on demand, they, they can make a ton of money and not have to, and, and honestly cut the middleman out. You know what I mean? They just make agreements with like DirecTV or with their own streaming services and they can make a ton of cash. You know? I wonder yeah, if they're but, just but they make profits over this. Well, I wonder, well, do they make more money off of it though? Because like, it, it, it all it, depends. It's very, it all depends. like very, very, um, on, you know, a, cursory thought process of it, like very kind of on the surface of it, I feel like they wouldn't because if I really want to see a movie and I've got a really cool sound system, I'll be like, I will drop 30 bucks and invite my friends and we have a night on it and they've made only $30 off of 10 or 15 people watching a movie. No, you're right. You're right. But what if one of those, what if two or three of those 15 people go out and buy it as well and download it as well? Why would they? Why wouldn't they? 
What if they like the movie? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going by... You're I'm going implying by... that people don't rewatch movies? Yeah, Goody, what's wrong with you? I actually am implying. I'm not implying. I would directly say it. These are the people, these people I know, unless they're cinephiles, people I know, once they see a movie, they're like, great. Like, well, look at me. I have this big you know, movie collection that I have not touched a single one of those discs in months. Maybe even some of them even years. Because what's the point? And I can get them digitally, but I'm not going to rewatch them. I don't have the time to watch a movie that I've already seen before. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I got like people. I mean, people are not going to re- people are not going to buy it again unless it's, it's that a, good. It's I don't a, think anyone has that much time. Here's the here's the thing for that. The good. movies the movies that you're talking about though. Let's talk about this. If you're talking about like the let's say the kids movies. Let's say for Disney, it's Pixar Soul. Okay, you pay the thirty dollars for the premiere access, right? I I will tell you this. If I had that, okay, then my daughters, I know my youngest, would literally watch the shit out of that movie. I mean, I would not be I know right now because and that demonstrates my point. I don't know. What I'm saying is watch watch the shit out of that movie, it'll be much it'll be a lot of rewatching, but I think in the end, they're gonna make money on it no matter what, because either they're gonna get new subscribers because of it, you know what I'm saying? Nope. They're gonna you think they're gonna get subscribers, Goody? I think they're gonna get subscribers. I, I, I think they're gonna make money off the deal. It, it, I don't, but I, I just wonder how much they're. I don't think they're gonna make that much. I don't think it's gonna be a crazy amounts of money. Well, well, that's but that's the thing for the. But if they, video on, if they do video on demand, which more than likely they will but as they, well. But, but but it's not gonna be as much, dude, because they're not. I, I don't see it because they for these big tentpole films to make to be considered successful, they have to make. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Right? That's why I'm saying. That's they're, what I'm saying. The, the, the big tenfold films are not going to go that way, though. I they're going to put them in have. the theaters. They already have, but, but they're going to put them in the theaters. They're they, going to. They well, I don't know. Whatever they, theaters are left, they're going to put they, them in the they, theaters. They said that about Milan, and then they did, well, they pivoted away from that. They're saying that they, the fact that they've had to push James Bond and Black Widow another year. And uh, Dune another year means that they've already lost. They're gonna. They've already. They've already lost the money on it. Like they've already lost. They because these are profits that are already old. That they're gonna what they're gonna. Oh, and, and Black. You know what I mean? Like like people have forgot about the movie. They're gonna start. So they have to now rebuy commercial time that they spent before. Not so much Dune, but look at Black Widow with trailers and all that commercials that they have to like now buy that again. Okay, by a whole new ad campaign. Oh, remember this movie that was supposed to come out two years ago? Here it is about a character that well, died in a movie four or five I agree. years ago. I agree to disagree. Okay. And then, oh and I, I don't know. And, and then, oh, they also said about Wonder Woman. How, like, uh, I think Patty Jenkins. That, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work because Patty that's coming Jenkins, out the 25th. Well, no, but Patty Jenkins says we are not going to do streaming. It is coming out where, you know, it's, it's going to come out in theaters first, no matter when we have to show it. And I'm like, well, then they're they are not going to make this kind of money on it. And if, if theaters are closing down, that's it's less that's fewer venues. I mean, what New York still hasn't opened their theaters, right? California nope. hasn't opened their theaters nope. either, which are the two huge venues that they need to make their money, right? Unless they're going to start appealing only to I don't know China, but like which is a thing they could do actually, which mm-hmm. already people movies are already doing that. But the, the I don't know these movies. And this is another conversation they have about film now that like maybe the whole tentpole huge movie kind of system or structure has to change because of the fact they are not, I don't think, and others, I don't think I'm alone on this, they're not going to make the amount of movies because so much of it's going to go straight to streaming. And 30 bucks 
will give you more people watching the film than 30 bucks per person or per outing or per theater. I mean, because- I mean, I think, I think to a certain degree you're correct. I think to what degree are, is that? Be more specific. I'd, in your say, language. I'd say more like five percent. Oh my gosh! No, no, no. What I'm saying is that I, 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 mean, I think there are twelve degrees because I'm boiling hot. Oh, are you Kelvin? <sighs> are you Kelvin? Anyways, um, so no, I think, what? I think there are there are definitely valid points that you're bringing up, but I think that, in essence, these movie comp- these these movie film companies. They're gonna try and do whatever they can to make their money in every way possible. So whether that means they're gonna release the movies like they did with Bill and Ted, video on demand, theaters as well, and they're throwing on their streaming. I mean, they're gonna they like Disney has multiple avenues of revenue that they can they make multiple revenue streams that they can pull from. So who's to say like they don't just go streaming and theater at the same time, or streaming video on demand and theater, and they're gonna make up quite a bit of that money. And then two weeks after that, they go digital. You can buy you know, digital. You know, um, I think I just broke my brain because I just thought of this, but... <laughs> Did you hear that snap? Wait, wait, I heard wait. that snap. Wait, the idea of you no. just releasing this kind of knowledge on me is making me turgid. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Disney, going back to Egg the... Eggplant emoji. Oh, gosh. Shut up. Droplets, droplets, droplets. Veiny? Is it veiny goody? My eggplant? I'm so done. Yes. <laughs> so done. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. This is the whole. Uh, okay, the point is where I was going. You hear that? I'm joking. Go ahead. <laughs> Disney goes back to making direct to TV movies. They're cheap. They can pump them out. It's Are you concert. talking about like no. Disney Channel originals? No, yes. no, 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 no. Like, like, or like the old oh ABC, God. like the Disney you're, ABC that on Sunday night. Oh my gosh, film. you're such a 2000s kid. The Wonderful oh World God. of Disney. No, no, no. The Wonderful World of Disney. It used to be on ABC oh. Sunday nights. Remember? Are that? we going to be watching Lizzie McGuire? Is that we're going to be doing? Maybe oh little We're going to be watching the Lizzie McGuire movie. Okay. <laughs> little Even Stevens action. Oh gosh! Moving on. <laughs> what about that? What about that one called "The Luck of the Irish"? You remember that one? Don't go there. That was bad. Okay. <laughs> what about the terrible one, Johnny Tsunami? Uh, oh. No, ah! quiet, you. Quiet, quiet. Don't make me throw down Halloween Town. I'll throw it down. And I'm the one that's not an '80s kid. <laughs> My babysitter's a vampire. Is that one of those that you liked, buddy? Huh? Moving. I know. You know what? You know, did you, just you know what? You know what? You know what? Derek was Disney Plus. Just to look at what Disney. Ever <laughs> no. <did. laughs> like, <laughs> you know what? You know what? Derek was. You know, you know what Derek was a big fan of. I know exactly what movie he was a big fan of. Goody, and you'll agree with me. Try me. <laughs> Derek was a big fan of the entire series of the Cheetah Girls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. Alrighty. All right. Is that good? I'm done. Good That's it. Good? I'm okay. done. Moving on. Uh, News is yeah. over. What, what are you guys drinking? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, shit. So we forgot to reveal we were... what our drinks were, libations are. Yeah, like, sorry about that. So and so am I. I'm almost done. It's time for uh, I think it's time for our little innovation. For a refill. But well, let's go ahead and just tell us what we're drinking. So tonight, I am doing the Turvis Cup. Uh, I bought, um, I was like, you know what? I could do more. Of you know the Cardi, because like you know what I'm gonna do something different today. So I went out and I bought myself a big old bottle of uh, Flor de Caña, four year, aged, very nice with a little Coke Zero. I am doing well, doing well tonight, as you can tell. So no more what beer you- for you, then, 
huh? No, no more beer. Jesus <laughs> Christ. If you really, if everyone really wants to know, well, dude, honestly, they don't, but honestly, they don't, but I will, but you know what? Everyone. I love forcing knowledge on people. In the last episode, guys, once you hear it, I truly apologize because there were times where I was not speaking. And that's because I had to leave the room because otherwise I literally would have urinated on myself. It was oh, that you're bad. so ridiculous. It was oh. that bad. I, I was just telling Goody, I was like, I wanted to be, if, if I hadn't, I wish I was an older person. And I could have had depends on and been like that astronaut lady who went in and tried to kill her. <laughs> but either way, I didn't know you were going to go that far with that reference. But, but yeah. either you way, but you yeah, you've been an older person, man. You know what? You just go to CVS and just pick up your pack, dude. Good to go. Exactly. Go. Just do it. Let's do it, baby. Anyways, but Goody, no, what, what do you got today? You know what? Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Ain't nothing wrong. It's age. It's ageism. If you have not- ageism, dude, are you doing ageism on me? That's my gosh, what are you doing? You know what, Pebble? Goody, what are you doing? What are you drinking? <laughs> I uh, am drinking from a bottle I picked up the other day of uh, rum myself. It's the Ron Centenario. Oh, I like uh, that. 12 year old, actually. I got it from 12 year old with the. And I, and I drank a little bit on the rocks. Um, see, it was a weird experience for me doing that because on the rocks, it tasted like it. Because, you know, at least I don't know about if you guys have this experience, but it's not always easy to find no. a rum that you can drink no. on the rocks. Like, no. it used to be. As, it's not. Um, and this one is like, a, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird balancing act. I feel like sometimes it can be on the rocks, but then tonight was, it was just not in the mood. So I, I don't know. It was very strange. It, it, it can go either way. So you went mind. with Coke on this one today? Well, sure. If you want to like, steal my thunder. Yeah. So I went with Coke on this one. Because, uh, <laughs> okay. whatever, I was just trying to I mean, explain the whole tasting notes. You were, man, you were mansplaining to me, Goody. I just didn't want to hear it anymore. I, I wasn't mansplaining. I was, I was just telling you about my experience. Oh, okay. Sorry. Wow, dude. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I put Coke in a cup and added some Ron Centenario 12-year-old mm-hmm. ice in my in my Tervis as well. My yes. Mandalorian Tervis. I have my UM Tervis. So, yes. Yes. It's fantastic. Derek. Derek. What are you yes. drinking? What flavor of Zima are you drinking tonight? <laughs> or is it, or are, you doing, are you doing Bartles and James? And we thank you for your support. Man... I don't even know why I come to this show. Is it, is it Mike's hard lemonade or Mike's hard? It's a Corona again. I know it's oh, the third right. time it's in a row. Who cares? Uh, yeah, who cares, bro? I'm, I'm not least... ragging on you for those drinks because those drinks suck. But still, whatever, drink whatever you want, man. Dude, dude, dude. You know what, dude? Not corona. You I do, love corona. D- Derek. You do. You. We've said it a million times. We like Corona. Coronas are good here. You know, and 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 whatever whatever beer, it just shows Snoop Dogg talking to Bad Bunny on a shell phone. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. that, that's the ad campaign. They got that's the ad campaign, yeah. All of a sudden, it's like he picks up a, a phone, a shell ringing. Snoop Dogg picks it up. And mind you, he's walking on a beach in a robe, slacks, and sandals with socks. Like yeah. flip-flops with because socks. Of course he, he is. Because he's, he's Snoop Dogg, of course. He picks up the phone. He's like, what's up, baby? You know you can't call me on my shell phone. What's up, player? And he's like, and then, of course, it's Bad Bunny. And he's like, no, it's not player. It's playa. Like, oh, okay. my God. <laughs> okay, dude. All right. On that <laughs> note. Playa on hard. words. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, now it's time for that. Now it's time. Anyways, so it's that part of the show where we have our refill portion. So um, everybody go out, go to the bathroom, get a refill, you know, or just bio hang out for the next 30 seconds. Uh, they say bio break or as Gwilly likes to say, shake the dew off the lily. 
or as I like to say, go see Man About a Dog. All right, we'll see you guys in a bit. In the review portion of the show, as always, we are the Moody Boys. All right, so, all right, so as, as we've said before, this motion picture, this this episode is going to be about the '80s classic, which I just found out by going down my IMDb rabbit hole was a bomb of a motion picture. Like as far as really? like a box office bomb, it was. It didn't make enough money. It was. It had a budget. Of twenty seven million, I guess it says here. Yeah, it had a budget of about twenty seven million. Opening weekend made four point three. Gross total worldwide twenty point two five. Wow! Wow! So it didn't make its. I wonder how that can't be like as of this year, though, right? Well, I mean, either as of that year, it's as of that. Oh, at the end of that year. Yeah. Okay, so so they probably made their money back. That was only another. Yeah, because million. they probably made their money back with cable rights and distribution and things of that nature. Probably on video, video. VHS. Yeah. This is yeah. just theatrical. So they, what, movie, they made- I what movies came in? What movie did it come out with? Come out? What year? Rather? Was- <laughs> <laughs> question? It's the alcohol. Words are hard. I'm already three. Nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four, Goody. This movie came out in nineteen eighty four. How much did it cost? Twenty seven million dollars. Are you doing the inflation? Right now, Mr. Factcheck is on the wall. On the case. <laughs> oh, oh. oh God, here he comes, Mr. Factcheck. Do you have the after-inflation numbers for this motion picture? If we adjust for the time, <laughs> the twenty-seven million dollars in nineteen eighty-four would actually equal sixty-seven point six million dollars. Damn. You're welcome. Okay, thank you, Mr. Fox. The creepiest guy that we've ever had on this show. You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of the old neighbor from Family Guy. Hey, guys. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, it's almost bad time. Want a popsicle? Oh, Oh, well. I I must reiterate my point. 27 or so million is equal to 67 million today. Okay, thank you, Mr. Pa- Mr. Factcheck. Okay. Up well, up. Okay. <laughs> Even Mr. Factcheck isn't immune to Mr. Factcheck. Yes. Okay. All right. So, as 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 Mr. Factcheck stated, the budget in 1984 was 27 million dollars with inflation you're looking at around 67 68 million. I mean, but it still it didn't make its money back in the theaters. It was probably considered a bomb. But so the motion picture is, of course, like we said, it's a never ending story for kids like myself who were 80s kids, maybe not so much like Derek, but Goody and me. Um, <sighs> this movie was kind of like a staple of our watching, of our viewership almost, because it was on TV like all the time. Goody, you, you think that you agree with me? Uh, I have no idea. 
I mean, growing up, <laughs> to be totally honest, I don't remember seeing it. I don't remember watching it on TV all that often. I remember watching it on VHS, but I don't remember well, it being yeah. TV all the time. I remember it being so on TV I really, all the time. I, I remember, I, I remember know. also watching it on Dad's VHS because he had the movie on VHS. Remember, like we watched it. A lot yeah. On that too. Well, and I remember Marie had the soundtrack, so yes. we would listen to the record of yes, it. Yes, we did. She, our Aunt Marie, Marie Angeli, she actually had the album, the LP of this. So we actually heard the theme song quite a bit growing up. I mean, the theme song was always a winner. No. Yes. I don't know. Is it? Is it... Yes, here it comes. Oh, God. Yeah. That Giddy, intro goody. with the little wind sound. Oh yeah. That's because you're writing Falcor at the moment. Sound. Look at the sound. That sound is so Falcor, Derek. It's you writing Falcor. Just let your mind go with it. There we go. Just let it flow. It's just you watching your little horse Someone please put an end to this. Never ending story. Take it away, Goody. Uh, All right, guys. Anyways, um, hopefully. Uh, once again, made famous with Stranger Things season three. Yes, of course. Scene. Once again. That like, was actually really cool. And sung by uh, Lamal, member of the 80s uh, super group, one hit wonder, known as. Kajagoogoo. Which other, uh, their claim to fame is which song, Goody? To shy, shy, hush, 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 I do I. <laughs> oh, God. I love 80s music. Like, a lot. I like, really do. Like, a lot. Yeah, we, we definitely do in this family. We are I all really, about really do. the new wave 80s. Anyways, but, so the most, going back to the movie, sorry, like, totally went off the rails here. Uh, the movie was made in 1984. Um, it's directed by the, um, the German auteur. I don't know, can you call him an auteur? But anyways. Uh, I guess he was. You throw that word around a lot, I feel like. So, I don't know. (laughs) I really don't know if it means anything anymore. The great, the great German filmmaker, Wolfgang Peterson. Um, Wolfgang. And, uh, yeah, so he, this was probably his follow up to like Das Boot. I mean, honestly. (laughs) That's a tone change. Right? That's what I thought to myself too. I was like, wait a minute. Was this like after Das? Oh, no, no. Was it? Yeah, it was after Das Boot. Well, I mean, it's, it is after Das Boot, but like, I don't know if it's directly after. Das Boot is, I think, it wasn't Das Boot 79 or something? No, actually, Das Boot, I just looked now, Das Boot was 81, and it was his next movie. Like, oh, wow. It was that's, literally, that's, okay. And then, then, of course, after that, that movie. That was a tone change. No, no, no. You want another tone change? You know what his movie was after that one? Memory on Elm Street. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. And that's Wes Craven, I get that. Enemy Mine with Louis Gossett Jr. and. Very different. That's very different. Very, very tonal shift. Anyway. Well. Maybe not with enemy mind is dust boot. Enemy mind, I see like the whole yeah. thing of the what war isolation does to a person and, and how that and that maybe the enemy True. is within sure. necessarily yeah. rather than without. I, yeah, I, I can see that. What I don't know. Talking about well, anyway, let's go on. Okay. Synopsis. <laughs> Synopsis. Okay, as we as we drive into um the 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 deeper points of uh of motion motion picture. So okay, so here's the synopsis. It's not, it's not, well, hold on. Before we go into that, I want to go into more. Oh of no! The cast oh my aspect. god! I want to go more more of the cast aspect of it. So it was directed by Wolf Van Peterson. Um, you have a few people in the movie that kind of worked in the '80s, but not so much anymore, except for one person, which is the great Gerald McCraney, also known as Major Dad. Which I was, I forgot he was in this movie as Bastian's dad. 
Yeah, very small part. And he was actually recently in the the series This Is Us, isn't it? It's called yeah, This oh, Is yeah, Us. Yeah, he, he's, he, he actually one of the more important characters. And actually, he's cool. in a new series on Fox called Filthy Rich, which is amazing, by the way. Fantastic move show. You guys should definitely watch it on demand. It's funny as hell. Uh, it's with him and Kim Cattrall. He plays like a... Uh, one of these like TV preachers that at the beginning is, it's, it's the show. He's, uh, he's one of these TV preachers, a super rich TV preachers, but he's always having like philandering. And in the, in the, in the first episode of the season, like within the next, like the first 20 minutes of the show, he has a plane crash and he, cause he's having like literally, he's having, a, he's having a, a threesome with like two hookers on his private plane. And he crashes. So, what? yes. So That's it's a class act there. Yeah. yeah. Once again, national treasure, Joe McGraney. Uh, but yes. So he. Uh, so he's in this movie. But and also the music for the motion picture was written by Giorgio Moroder. Which, if you don't know about him, he's the guy who wrote the soundtrack for Top Gun. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's you know Top Gun. He did a few movies. He's done quite a bit. Uh, and a lot of songs, the famous songs like Danger Zone. He wrote Danger Zone. Uh, he wrote, he's written a, a ton of music, especially in the 80s. He was big in the 80s because it was a lot of synth. You know what I mean? Like, Goody likes that synth, you know? Yeah, um, a lot of synth. Yeah. Well, you know what, uh, Derek? I just feel like, no, you're mistaken. There's never too much synth. <laughs> so. No, I, this is, I mean, you're talking to a guy that like has a synth wave uh station on Pandora and nice. I, I and I actively searched out the synth wave um so, tracks on Am, uh, on Prime well, Music you know, and I have a synth wave station on Spotify. Oh, by the way, um like like our previous episode that we talked about the synth music in uh Beverly Hills Cop 2, you know, yep. where where all synth wave is just, you know, ex-Nazis. Um this guy's name, even though his name is Giorgio Moroder, that was just a stage name. His real name is Hans Jorg Maroder. What, what does any of that? What <laughs> did you just say? What <laughs> are the words? Sorry, that just came out of your face. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So now we go to the synopsis. Synopsis. All right. So the synopsis of this movie is: Bastian is a young boy who lives a dreary life, being tormented by school bullies. On one such occasion, he escapes into a bookshop where the old proprietor reveals an ancient storybook to him, which he is warned can be dangerous. Shortly after, he quote unquote borrows the book and begins to read it in the school attic where he is drawn into the mythical land of Fantasia, which desperately needs a hero to save it from destruction. Eh? All right. I'll buy that. I'm good. I'm good. That'll work. That'll That'll work. work. That'll work. That's a good one. That's a good one. If if he's listening to us, it's written by some guy named Graham Roy. I don't know. Anyways, he's in the UK, so we're probably not. Good for you, dude. (laughs) Good for you. That's a good. You should. You got a job writing synopses for movies. Um, yeah. All right. It. So let's start talking about the motion picture. Okay. So, all right. Let's just start from the beginning. Um, we do see him in his house with his dad, of course. Like we said, playing by Joe McCrae, and he's kind of waking up from a dream. But the dream is what? Is that the rock biter scene with the night hob? What was the beginning of that movie? Oh gosh, dude. I just watched this yesterday. I already forgot that part. What do you? What? What did you? What? What, what? was the beginning of the movie? The movie, the movie started off. What was the dream he was having? He just woke up from it. Oh, I swear, everyone, we did see the movie. Yeah. Oh no, it was just the title sequence of all the clouds, and then he just yeah, the clouds, and he just woke that's up. Right, yeah, that's right. That's right. And he just woke up, and he's he's just like he's this kid who who is super imaginative and 
I think he's just trying to escape his everyday life because I think just recently his mom passed away in the movie. Yes. Yeah. So, his mom passed away just recently. And it's very, you know, you get it very much. It's very, life is very dreary and him and his dad are having a hard time with it. And he's just like is escaping into his imagination because that's what he's got, you know, yeah, because like he's still, agent. he's, yeah, he's dealing with his mom's death, you know, which is, you know, fairly significant. And, I would of, assume. and of course, so, yeah, has this whole, of course, cause it's the eighties. It's, you know, like the, the, the kitchen is super like, it has this whole like weird kind of eighties kind of vibe to it of, you know, the dad is in corporate America. So it's got that whole like, in my mind, I'm thinking of like Reaganomics and yuppieism and things of that nature. I don't think he's a yuppie by any means, but he's in corporate America. You can tell because he's got a suit. And on top of that, all of a sudden I was like, I almost threw up in my mouth when I was watching it because he opens up the blender and he blends like two eggs. In the blender, and he just starts drinking. In orange juice. With orange juice. This is, okay. Okay. I, guys, I never take notes for films. And that was the moment that I realized, what the hell did I just watch happen? (laughs) I literally rewind, I went back to a couple of frames because I was like, did I just see what I think I saw? (laughs) And my first thing I have, I'm like, I have to write this down. I'm like, I'm going to keep writing stuff down. And I'm like, dad drinks OJ and eggs? <laughs> like, like, just, yeah. Question mark, question mark, question mark. It was a raw, he Blended pulled out eggs. And it has like a little foaminess to it, which oh, makes sense with the orange okay. juice and the egg yolk. I, I get it. That's what happens when you beat egg yolk. But it was just like, I don't understand. Like he gets was- OJ and blends a raw egg into it and drinks it and he's drinking like normal yeah. and there's like no indicator of uh, it's a diet thing he's got going on or like bashing it and i'm like uh, what so, so <laughs> let me ask let me ask what what's weirder about this for you is it like just the thought of eating a raw egg or is it like the salmonella side of it i think it's all no, the above I, i'm not worried about salmonella honestly i'm not because if you keep your eggs refrigerated enough, you don't have to worry about someone else. Someone else is a problem. I'm not going to get into it. Anyway, the point is, it's just like the fact that blending an egg with orange juice, it's just something about, yes, it, that's what bothers me. Not salmonella. I don't care. It's the egg and orange juice that kind of like no, gets because, me. But you have, because you, know, you have like people like back in the 80s to get their protein. We didn't have protein shakes. We have whey shakes. Or anything. So they would what? Break open two, three eggs in a cup and you just drink the eggs. Yeah. yeah. That was the whole thing. Or, or I'll just, um, I don't know, cook the egg yeah, and have some nice egg. scrambled eggs. <laughs> I mean, he's, maybe he's on a time budget constraint. Maybe. maybe it must be it, but that, no, man. But I no. mean, you know what I thought? No. I thought that was like, and the only guys like, that did that were like boxers and crap, not like yes. regular people. And then, and then, so I saw him do that and I looked at the cup and all I could think of was like, this is probably the most disgusting like reference to like orange Julius ever. Cause I just, I like to think it was orange juice. Like, is that how they make an orange Julius? Like it's just kind of disgusted me so bad. No, I know. I'm sure it's not. I know it's not, but just the foamy aspect and that it was orange. That's all my mind took me to was like a, a cup of orange Julius from the mall. It's, it's which funny is such an eight. You guys are so. grossed out by eating raw eggs. Oh, it's so nasty. <laughs> no, I'm not actually grossed out by eating raw eggs. It's not I the am. raw egg. I am. I am grossed out by mixing raw egg and with blending it with orange juice. That's what okay. kind of grossed me out. So and that's plus, the taboo part. Yes. Plus, plus yeah. I mean, no, I, I have raw eggs. I'll have my, my, um, what is it called? Um, caipirinha with raw egg. I have no problem with that. I'll put, I'll put a raw egg in my, I'll get, I'll get a malta, throw some raw egg in there. And <laughs> Sorry. Oh All right. Why doesn't bother me? Why <laughs> <laughs> mixed with orange? There are people who are listening to this. 
<laughs> Sorry, I can't, I can't. But no, but yeah, but no, for me, it's the although, egg. Aspect although now it. that I think about it, I feel like the egg probably is pretty neutral in its flavor. Probably, it's probably more of a, it must be more of a texture thing because I feel like egg by itself doesn't have a lot of flavor. <laughs> like that. Oh, my oh, God. God. Oh, God. Man. Wow, exaggerated, man. No, but no, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking around. But yeah, no, if, if uh, hopefully people aren't gagged by that sound in their ears, but it's amazing if I do it. <laughs> Anyways. Um, no. Uh... <laughs> no, but for me, it's and for me, oh, it's not that part. It's just the foaminess and the blended aspect. For me, it's the all of the above. I just, I just, I never liked it in the movie theaters where they would, in the movies or TV, whenever people would do that in person. It just, it grossed me out. I'm like, why are you not doing it? Just spend literally five minutes of your time and cook it. It's like, cook it. How how much of, a, of an inner rush are you that you just can't cook an egg? I mean, even if it's sunny side up, that's literally seven minutes, five, seven minutes. I mean, it's all it is. Just okay. hard boil it. Or hard boil it. I, 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 I would do that. Longer. That's like – Yeah, yeah, but like you, you put, put it in the water and let it sit in the water boiling. Once yeah, you go leave it in the water while you go, while you go do something else and then you come back exactly. and you, then you have a hot boiled egg. Exactly. That's, that's, see what I'm saying? Like why do you have to blend it? That's just gross. And then, then – Bro, and then, and then, bad like, course, jokes and eggs, gross. And then, and then, and then yeah, but it was just like I'm watching his face while he's drinking. And I'm like Gerald McCraney must have been doing this on his own like personally, like as you know, in the mornings by himself. yeah. Like, Maybe that's like that, that's like an improv thing where he just like incorporated into the character because he looked like he was doing that so naturally and normal. Yeah, I'm right? like, okay, like, it wasn't like All right. he wasn't fighting through it. Like he was like good with it. Like it was like it, it, this is my glass of OJ with two raw eggs blended together. You forget or, that he's an actor. And I was about to say that like, maybe he's a consummate actor. He's like, this is it. This is part of my character. Maybe I don't know, dude. I my my two seconds on screen is dependent <laughs> on me making sure I don't grimace when I have this OJ and eggs concoction that they came we up are, with. Oh. We are twenty minutes into the movie and we've made it to the opening credits yes, yes sorry all right sorry. all right all right, all right, all right. Well, moving forward so we see we oh see. wait one more thing okay, go ahead, you go guys notice the huge cube of butter on the table yes yes it's Such giant a, it's so amazing <laughs> like what i love is how the dad doesn't have time to make eggs but he has time to get make sure the butter is plated and on his son's plate and there's bread and all these other things ready for his son <laughs> yes. but he cannot make an egg. He I think he made an egg for his son. I think he made eggs for his son but he just couldn't I don't make know. an egg for himself. I just I just marveled at that huge cuz like, cuz I, I go to the grocery store fairly often well more so before the pandemic but like I have never seen butter of that size. <laughs> like in that, I mean, I don't know where you even get butter like that. I mean, how does it even? Like you it, only get that butter back in like the eighties or something yes. or before. Like that's a huge piece of butter, man. It was. It was. It was a nice piece of butter. I was very, very impressed with it. Very impressed with it. But yeah, you're no, impressed so, with the butter. <laughs> impressed with the butter and how he could even stand to drink something like eggs and blended juice. <laughs> Anyways, all oh right, my so. gosh, moving forward. <laughs> all right, moving forward. Uh, we know that he's having trouble in school because the dad talks to him about that he's, you know, he's, he's, he's having issues in school. The teachers are calling, you know what I mean? So he's definitely having trouble dealing with his mom's death. And his dad, you can tell, is having trouble just even having the conversation with him, you know, which, yeah, you know, yeah. which was a, which was a thing back then. You know, the dads weren't supposed to talk. I mean, back then, we're talking the 80s, early 80s. You know, the moms were supposed to be able to have those emotional conversations with the kids, not the dads. So, you know, in that movie, you could tell that he's having a hard time bridging that, 
I guess you could say that river of emotion to get to his son and understand what's happening to him. Because in yeah, his mind, yeah. he says then it's like, be good and do what, you, do what you gotta do and don't be late for school. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's his thing. We'll have a talk right. later. You know what I mean? Like we'll talk later. And he's just pushing the subject away. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he just does a whole like, put your, keep your feet on the, get your heads out of the clouds. Roll them to not get your, have your heads in the clouds. Yeah. Put your, keep your feet on the ground and like, Get your basically like, get your crap done is what he's pretty much yeah, telling him. Exactly, you cope with it by getting your crap done. I guess exactly. So I mean, so we we know that they're not really able, they're not able to communicate at the moment. Um, on the second side of it, then you have, and then he leaves this. He leaves the house to go to school, which once again totally eighties thing. He's leaving his house, which apparently is in the suburbs, but it's in the city is the school. So he apparently he takes a bus by himself. Like he leaves his house by himself. To, like nowadays, I would never do that with my kids. Like not at that age. <laughs> There's no way now that they're going to go to a bus stop and go to the city and walk their way to school. Like no way. Sorry about that, Charlie. Not happening. But back then you could, I guess. I mean, it was weird. We, we, did, we did it when we were kids. But um, so he's gone to school. And then you also see that he's being bullied by these three kids. Right. And yeah. they bully him. So, you know, once he, one, he, he's lost his mom. He doesn't know how to, you know, work that out. Secondly, he can't have communication with the only family member that's around, which is his dad, who doesn't understand what he's going through, or at least can't communicate, you know, together. And then mm-hmm. you have these bullies that are just kind of like the icing on the cake. You know, it's just allowing, it's just making him feel that he needs to essentially just be by himself and not. And so just, if no one, if no one's picking up on what he's putting down here, yeah, our protagonist is uh, the underdog. Mm-hmm. So. Classic underdog. His name is Bastian, like we said before, and he seems like he's one of these introverts. You know, he's he's reading his books because he woke when he woke up from the dream in the beginning of the movie. He had a book on his lap. You know, so he's he, you could tell that he's a book reader. He's looking for something that's going to give him what what I guess that piece of himself that's missing at that point. You know what I mean? You guys mm-hmm. follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Goody? Uh I do. Um my own thoughts are I loved his satchel. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, first of all, sweet satchel, really bulky, and probably why he was beat up because that's like screaming nerd satchel right there, I feel like. Nerd, nerd. I, I, yeah, like no, no, no kid from the city uses a satchel. This is a rich kid from the suburbs. I guess. I don't know, but I'm like, that's a nice satchel, but that satchel was also like half the size of his body, I feel yeah, like. That's the but, other thing, yeah. But then again, he's so, he was hipster before it was hipster. Yeah, so and so like, and they, they chase him down and he runs and he's in the, he's getting the garbage. Um, he comes out of the garbage and he thinks that he's safe. And then, like we said in the synopsis, he runs away from, they see him again and he runs and he hides in a bookstore. Now, the bookstore, all I could hear, of course, the music was real kind of like creepy, kind of doo-doo-doo, you know, like all those kind of weird little noises. Mm-hmm. But all I could think of was like the music from like Goonies. Oh, no, exactly. <laughs> Actually, there was more than one time it was. Do, 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 do. Like the so the tone was like it sounds like Goonies. Yes, like, yeah. Are they going for a, it's like, it was like, which I think it pre is it does it predate the Goonies? I don't know, but um, I was like, it sounds very much like that little part of the tune in the Goonies. Yeah, that, and I, do, 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 do. like that. So he yeah. meets an old man, and the old man is Coriander. Um, what's his name? His name is his name is Coriander. Cori- like, like the spice, like, like Ollivander. Sorry. Um, <sighs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. 
I'm sorry, but yeah, yeah, coriander is no, the name right. of the. the no, no, I'm not, I'm not really actually. No, I'm not. But either way, um, but yeah, his name is um coriander, and he's the owner of this bookstore that he gets into, and you know he starts talking to Bastian and. Wait, wait, wait! Before you get into that, first of all, my thought one of this was terrible customer service because <laughs> he doesn't even know who. All he hears is his door open up. Homie doesn't get up out of his chair, right? He just yells at the person coming in. And just yells at him, and the bookstore is all like these piles of books and stuff like that, which I guess exudes mystery. To me, it just screams hoarder. And it's just like, <laughs> how do you, how do you even run a business like this? All right. Because this guy, but like terrible customer service, yelling at a customer that he hasn't even seen yet when they walk in and assumes it's a kid and tells the kid to get out of here, go to the, go to the arcade, beeps and boops, whatever. I don't know, yeah. man. <laughs> Worse. <laughs> how does he even stay open? Which leads me to another point. Also, this guy, deals in strange mystical tomes i don't know it actually this is a thought i had and i want to ask you guys do you think he's immune to the book because i know you haven't gotten to that part of the story so i'll just lead into it so he's reading the never-ending story as the kid walks in which is all they have a lot of like it seems very much like one of those like predestined kind of things yeah right so do you think he's immune to the book and he just or or is, or is he like and i actually wrote this oh, down no. is he a multi-planar gatekeeper like no. he's the guy who's got to lead people to the never-ending store so they can restore it because actually the nothing, as it's going to be called, is like a is like a cyclical thing. Okay, so I was thinking the exact same thing, but here's here's where exactly gonna... multiplayer gatekeeper cross yes. your mind. But here's but here's 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 where I'm going to blow your motherfucking mind. All right. So oh get oh, ready. it's turgid, turgid. Okay, what if he was the savior of Fantasia at one point? <gasps> oh, wow. and he has to pass it on to a new generation every so often yes what if he was what if the timeline <laughs> what if the timelines in fantasia last what, what could be you know like 30 40 50 years in our lives what if it's 40 50 thousand years in fantasia wait okay wait. Okay, I think we just, I think literally, I think, I think Derek's brain just blew up. Derek's like, can we talk about the dragon? The dog dragon? (laughs) Go ahead, Derek. What were you going to say? If, if the never ending, okay, you can't, you can't read into like what the, the movie doesn't blatantly state, right? Because it just doesn't add up. Okay, okay, so here's, here's the thing. If the old man read the book as a child, and then grew up and needed to pass it down. Does that mean he inherently decided to go into the business of starting a bookstore? To find a kid? So that it would be in a bookstore for the boy to come and take it, right? Because yeah. they state that. The princess says it. You took the book from the bookstore, blah, blah, blah. When you hid in the bookstore from the boys. Like, he has to find a neighborhood, buy a building, buy books, become a book retailer, and then... Make sure you're in a neighborhood where there's some kid that's going to get bullied. Well, who's so to say? Maybe who's, to say that, who's to say that bookstore wasn't there originally, and the original bookstore owner gave it to him when he was older? So he's still destined to be a bookstore clerk or a bookstore owner. Who's to say, dude? You don't know. You don't but know, Derek. You don't thing. know. How is you the story going to act? Or, or it's like needful things. It's like it's a mystical place because yeah. clearly, bookstore owner is not a normal guy. Clearly, and. Yeah, like he's not your average human, so maybe he has like a kind of like a gatekeeper. And it's, it's his and it's his purpose to just kind of make sure the book goes out to someone to read it. Maybe he's so like, that Fantasia like, can live on. Maybe he's like the Wait, architect so, in Matrix Two. 
maybe, maybe the book is a Mad Lab. A Mad Lib? Yeah, one of those things. <laughs> well, actually, maybe, kind of, maybe. Because I, and 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 here's the thing: it was actually this is based on a novel, a German novel. Um, and apparently, like this movie only covered like the first half of the novel, and then like the author of the original novel tried to sue. Uh, the motion picture company for it because like he thought it was like it was like a piece of shit. so well he was like it was so different from his book yeah that he was like i don't want you to take my take my name take the stories and change the title of the movie make this some call it something else because it's not like what i wrote and he lost the court case so it didn't happen but obviously because we're still calling it never ending story but maybe it's covered in the novel somewhere well, this guy's coriander his 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 place in it but I, I i don't know he seems like a gatekeeper type to me I do. That is a yeah. brilliant idea. I like both of them. I mean, I'm just thinking, I'm just, I, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that, in my opinion, yeah, I think he's like a gatekeeper of Fantasia. And I have a feeling that he was previously like that boy and saved Fantasia from the nothing because, like Goody says, it's probably cyclical. I mean, this is us, of course, just talking shit, but it's probably a cyclical event. I mean, if there's a book and he's reading it, it had to have happened previously, in my opinion. Something like that had to have happened. And eventually, the world starts getting into where you, and no imagination is there, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things. Like, eventually, it's going to happen. They talk about people, people not dreaming and stuff. And I think, well, okay, it's the 80s. So maybe it has to do with the whole, you know, people not dreaming as much because it's more consumerist in the U.S. Yeah, or something. And then I maybe. think, like, well, that guy's age, maybe World War Two or the perils or like – or like or, maybe no, no, one no, before no, that no, when people no, no. What about, the what about, despair cold based on, war like based on, based on his age I would think that you would probably have post war era which was very sleek and you didn't have a lot of imagination and going outside of the lines you know what I mean like people didn't go outside the box well the point is that like in times of despair someone has to read it and make the wishes and that's the other thing here's the other thing also the fact that spoiler alert uh at the very end. Bastion gets to ride Falcor and everybody in that freaking neighborhood Seize sees it, it and yeah. he chases down. <laughs> I forgot like, about that. That that tells you that this is a magical thing and like magic is real in that world, clearly, because he just went out of a book and you know what I mean? And he's riding a dragon in the city. Yes. And people are seeing it. I interpreted that as like a dream. No well, I mean you could. I, Almost like a fantasy, right? Maybe like he he is imagining it, just like he's reading the book. He's envisioning a fantasy. I think I think the the, the, the for me, it's because of the fact that the book is talking to him. I, the movie is making it like he's talking to him and all that, and he makes an impact. I feel like it may have. It, I feel like it's going into the fact that no, it's not. It's not fantasy. It's not in his head. This is really happening to him. This is a kind of a magical, mystical book. That I mean, with the with Coriander giving his knowing look when the kid steals the book, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like no, this is a thing that is real, and that those bullies that really happens. got freaked out by Falcor. Yeah, and so in this world where magic apparently works and it can exist because this kid's riding a dragon in the city, um, yeah, it's cyclical. And and again, I'm I'm convinced the bookstore guy Coriander, at least in the 80s, he's a bookstore guy, maybe. In the 1880s, I mean, I don't know, whoever, 1880s, he was... Whoever. Or whoever, who, whoever, whoever has the never-ending story. Maybe he was something yeah. else. Yeah, maybe he was a puppet show person. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? Who knows? Well, no, they had books back then, too. I know. But, but I'm just saying. You know, so yeah, like Whatever it is. <laughs> so... I mean, they, but, they've, they've had books for a while. They have. They have. Thank you. 
Thank you, thank you, Master Gutenberg. Uh, but um, so, so nice reference there, buddy. That was like a that. good reference. Okay. Printing press, baby. Printing press. Anyways, um, all right. So moving forward, so he he borrows the book from that guy's shop, Coriander, and he begins to read it in the school. He hides away in the school because he doesn't want. First off, he's late, like he wasn't going supposed to be, and he notices that they're having an, a test, a math test. And so he doesn't want to be a part of it. He wants to. And it was a, it was actually the math teacher that Dad talked to that said like exactly. you're not turning in your homework and you're drawing horses in your notebook. And he's like they were unicorns. And I'm yeah. like kid, read the room. This is not. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not really seeing the whole the whole picture here, buddy. Your dad yeah. is not really listening to you when you say <laughs> it was unicorns because if, if that was the case, it'd be like really now. Really? So okay, no. Oh, yeah, well, so he, your unicorns well, in your textbook. Yes, I mean. Oh, well, when I, my, my thoughts on this part: Why is he hiding in his jacket? He's just who is he trying to hide? Who is he trying to fool? First of all, when you see the movie, this book is the size of his torso. Yes. There is no way people would look at him and go, "Why you have this huge rectangular or square looking thing in what your shirt?" To you? What happened to your chest, Bastion? Just yeah, like, like Bastion, what are you hiding? Because clearly. The, the book is bigger than his torso. It literally was. It's a huge book. So like, and then also the kid sneaks into the attic, which was like easily accessible with a key that was behind broken, like one of those like break break only in case of emergency type boxes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, worst security in the world. I mean, wow. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just yeah. It's, waiting to happen. I mean, this is. I mean, granted, then we have to then we have to just chalk it up to the eighties. It's the eighties. I mean, hey. Well, uh, although, although my thinking is like, was it a middle school or elementary school or high a, school? It was, I think it was an elementary school. Okay. Yeah. That's a really expensive attic also for an elementary school. Well, I mean, okay, so. But then again, I've never been to elementary school in the city. Is that New York City? I'm assuming yeah, it's New no, York City. Well, no. Actually, they filmed the movie in Germany. So this motion picture was right, filmed then. like in Germany, in Spain, depending on the location. But it was filmed in Germany and Spain. That's where it was primarily filmed. So that school was probably in Germany. And it may not have oh, been yeah. a school. It might have been like a hospital or something. They just converted into a school for the movie. Yeah. Who knows? But it was, yeah, it was filmed in I Germany. I bet you Wolfgang Peterson knows. He does. <laughs> no, Goody, it's, it's not Wolfgang. Wolfgang. I don't Wolfgang. Know. Wolfgang Peterson. Anyway, so yeah. So um, as we move forward, he goes to the attic and he hides out in the attic for the day reading the, the tome that is the never-ending story. And as we go through the book, as he's reading the book, he he reads how the characters are dealing with the nothing. When you see the first characters you see are the enormous rock biter, which shows up on a, a, like a motorcycle, like as if he's a Harley Davidson kind of guy. Like it's like, the Flintstones. Yeah, it's like it's like yes, it's like the Flintstones mixed with uh mixed mixed with Hell's Angels, and it's this dude on a big old rock bike. Um, and he's eating and he meets a character that we find out is called the Night Hob, which real cool flies this gigantic bat like a hang glider. That's a real cool thing. And then you meet another character, um, by the name of, what's his name here? Uh, his name's Teeny Weenie, played by the ever present Deep Roy. So do you guys know who Deep, what Deep Roy's in a lot? Was he was he the Oompa Loompa in the like every single Tim Burton movie after Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Okay, 
Like, he, was the, he was the Oompa Loompa in the Willy Wonka one, right? He, he played all and the of Charlie, the, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? Yeah, he Charlie played Chocolate all Factory. of the, the, the Oompa Loompas. He played a, 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 short, a short character in um, a small character, like a midget character, midget in the circus character in uh, Big Fish. <laughs> Well, no, no, I'm serious. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, but the terminology for that time period, you know what I mean? Like he played a person of, of short stature that worked in a circus. I mean, okay. I apologize <laughs> just, if I offended drowning, somebody. Drowning, <laughs> I'm, I'm not drowning, dude. I, if I offended anybody, I apologize. But he played him. He, he, he portrayed a midget in a circus. I mean, for God's sakes, I think he was, I think he was, I think he was taller than Danny DeVito in that movie. I mean, for God's okay. sakes. So, so, so the anyways, point is, the point is, it's deep. We're meeting this character, okay, yeah, and he rides, and he, and he rides, rides a fat snail, and he rides a, he rides a, a racing snail, snail. A racing snail. You know? <laughs> and then we also, so they're on their way to the ivory tower, all right, to try and see if they can save the world. And when they get to the ivory tower, you see all these people that are supposedly representing all the peoples of Fantasia, and they're all meeting with this big man named Chiron. Uh, now, Chiron is played by this guy named Moses Gunn, which, man, I think we've seen him in so many different things. I mean, he's awesome. He was awesome when I was growing up. I saw him in so many, like, movies. He was in, like, Heartbreak Ridge. I saw him you in about, like, the guy that looks like a space wizard? Yeah, he looked like he looked like a space wizard. <laughs> okay, I, I, think, I think I just space found the wizard. title of our episode. Chiron is a space wizard. That's I'm going to write that down. That's going to be the title of this episode. Writing sounds. Writing sounds. Here we go. Writing sounds. Paper, paper, Chiron paper. is a space wizard. Okay, yeah. He seems like a space wizard mixed with like a, a kung fu reject from like a Gordon Liu movie. But yes, that's him. That's him. Kung fu space wizards. <laughs> there you oh go. God. That's it. That's it, Goody. That's it. Kung fu <laughs> Kung Fu Space Wizards. Next movie. We're going to write the script. Coming soon. <laughs> All right. My thoughts on that before I get to, we get to that. My thoughts on that. Here we go. Uh-huh. So the rock biter, he's called that if you haven't seen this movie. He's called that because he eats rocks. And he like, talks about the vintage of the rock he ate in front of his campsite and all that with the night hob and what's his name? Little man or something? Yeah. Teeny weeny. Teeny weeny. Teeny weeny. <laughs> so, but, wow, um, Goody, you're so horrible. Uh, it's not the same. <laughs> Is, is it was, Goody? I don't think it's Goody. Nope, nope. <laughs> anyway, but I thought to myself, when the rock biter rolled up on the ivory tower, did he think that the mountain it was on was probably delicious and wants to take a bite out of it? Like, how bad did he have to hold back and think, oh no, I, I cannot eat the <laughs> foundation the of walls. the ivory. I'm not gonna, like, I'm imagining, I'm imagining like everyone's gathered around and look up and then you see like the rock biter with like, his little, his mouth is like on the corner of the tower. He's kind of like yes. munching on it. Yes. Like he can't control himself. I mean, I, I want to know. If the, I wonder if Jim Henson did all the puppetry. Do you think he did the puppetry? Um, I have no idea. I don't know. I I'm don't, not even. I wasn't I prepared for this question. The same style. <laughs> it's very Jim Henson. I don't, either way, I, um, I don't actually think it's that Jim Henson. No? I didn't think so either. No, no I mean, it's it's definitely great work. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't. It doesn't sound like Henson works. You know. No. no. So yeah, it's not, it's not, did you think not, the tower was delicious? It, it doesn't come from Jim Henson's creature shop. The, well, well, to continue, I'm probably not actually. To continue the on though, yeah. Um, so they're all there because they they think like they can get help from the childlike empress. Is her name uh-huh. right? The character they ask her like, "Oh, can you help us?" Because they're worried about the nothing, the nothing. Basically, it's literally, and even the rock biter kind of makes a good point of saying it. Like it literally wipes everything away. Like when they asked, when he talked about how like his homeland. They took away like the the nothing 
just took out the, like the lake. lake. The lake. The lake. It dried up? No, it was just gone. Yeah, it was, like, like a hole, and he goes, no. And this was cool when I wrapped, to wrap my hand around. He goes, no, a hole would at least be something. This is was nothing. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's gone. It it's, just obliterates it's big, everything. Yeah. And then I thought, to, of course, me, I'm like, childlike empress, wait a second. An empress means an empire. Was there some sort of prior war of conquest that we don't know about? <laughs> like, did you see like was there was there like a battlefield you, with like only you <laughs> for real? I thought was there some sort of battle where like Night Hob and teeny weeny corpses are strewn yeah. about oh and like God, there's horrible. like there's like a rock biter on top of a mountain. They're all like corpses and the blood is running red. And there's like the child like Empress's group has like subjugated all the races and then fast forward and it's become more of a nice sort of like empire but you know to get an empire there has to be conquest when is there an empire that's not conquest you know what i mean well, i mean i mean one of these clans is like rivaling right nearly wiped out the other and they ugh, gosh all of the politics you just added into <laughs> i'm just saying that at some point if it's an empress there was a conquest I don't, I, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't think it's been addressed in the book. Someone needs to do it. Someone needs to do it. Oh, well, there God. are two other well, sequels. So. Well, may, no, no, maybe not need to do this. It's probably not a need. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, here, okay. While you guys were talking and discussing the, the, the finer points of the motion picture, I was looking at some of the cast people in this motion <laughs> picture and specifically in that scene. So in that scene, uh, the rock biter, the voice of the rock biter was portrayed by a gentleman by the name of Alan Oppenheimer. And, and I was looking through the, his, his credits. And he is the voice of Skeletor from the original He-Man. And she Wow. Was, yeah, dude. And he was in Toy Story 4 also as the character Old Timer. I don't remember that character in Toy Story 4. He's also in Forky Ass. Old Timer is the the minor guy. Is he the minor? No. No. That, that, that's Stinky Pete. That's Stinky Pete, yeah. That was played by the, the National Treasure, you know. Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer. Grammer. Yeah. So yeah, is it possible that old timer is the guy who's restoring Woody? No, 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 no. That's that's in Toy Story four. He's one of the toys. One of the old toys, probably in the uh, in the. Um, oh, he's if you watch if you watch Forky asks a question, he's like an alarm clock. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's old timer. When they go to the little bar of toys and stuff yes, that that, yes. that Bo Peep t- t- takes him to. Yeah, he's old. Mm. That's old timer. That's what I thought. I thought it was the clock. I was like, I think it's the clock. But either way, yeah, I mean, he's one of the characters because he's an old. Timer. Yes, exactly. But he's Get also it? in. He's, he's also in like Fallout. That's literally 4, what it's called. He's in Fallout as who? 4 as Paladin Brandis. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, there you go. Goody just literally had a mind fart right there. He's just like, oh, Turgid. I don't know who that is. Turgid. And he's also in the video game The Born Conspiracy. I mean, he's in a whole shitload of stuff. He's still alive, thankfully. You know, so that's a good thing. But anyways, but yeah, like I said, I mean, he's they're there and they all they're all heading towards. Uh, towards the uh the ivory tower, which is a great name because you know ivory tower always like you know it's always a negative connotation. Oh, you sitting up in your ivory tower kind of thing. You know what I mean? Which I always thought was funny because in this motion picture, it's literally an ivory tower. I mean, is it supposed to represent what we all talk about being an ivory tower? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it just sounded pretty. That was it. All right. So I think on. so too. I'm moving on. So they meet Chiron, like like um like Derek said, it's a kung fu space wizard. And he, um, and he's there telling everybody what they all know. The nothing is destroying Fantasia. And, uh, with the nothing, he's destroying Fantasia. They have to find some hero. And of course, um, everybody is all these weird characters, like this weird, like Easter Island kind of big headed people. I don't know. 
that was kind of random, in my opinion, Dude, uh, in the, the audience. With, like, with um, the ones with three eyes or three sets of eyes. Oh, three, no, three sets of faces. That lady with the three Dude, faces. That was crazy. And, and there was a male version as well. Yeah. Which yeah. Was, yeah. That was a little disconcerting. I was like, I, all, I know is, all I know is that Fantasia's got some freaky people, but, <laughs> and I'm glad they've been subjugated by the will of the childlike empress. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Keep that crap in check. You guys are weirdos, man. I want. I Keep want that just, crap in I check. Want normal looking people who look like children. That's all we do here. That's all we handle here. Just and, and kung fu space wizards. Am I wrong? No. 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 I'm telling you. I mean, he looks like Gordon. Oh, Lou and, totally. He looks like totally. Gordon Liu and Kill Bill too. I mean, I mean, I can't knock it for that, you know, dude. I mean, he's like, ha ha ha, and I want him to just kind of fling his beard. Although, is it more like? Gordon Liu and Kill Bill 2 looks like him. Because mm. this movie predates it by like decades. But, uh, so. but the Shaw Brothers Kung Fu movies predate this movie. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> okay. Oh <my> gosh. <laughs> Anyways, but as we move forward, he requests, he said that, they, that somebody from the Plains people, as they call them, um, needs to come and that's the only person and they reach out for Atreyu and when he shows up, he sees this kid and he's surprised that there's this kid named Atreyu that is going to be apparently saving the world, but he has to leave all his weapons behind. Yeah, I mean, he's thrown off because it's a child instead of yeah. uh, like a seasoned warrior. But apparently he is a seasoned warrior. Right. You know, Because he hunts a purple kid. buffalo. The, exactly, purple buffalo. What, now, we don't know what this purple buffalo looks like. Is it a fearsome creature? Apparently it is. Well, I mean, buffalo are easy to hunt, and it's purple, so... But Probably does it have, right. <laughs> does it have like six horns and like maybe like? No, it's a regular looking buffalo. They show it at the end. They do show it at the end. Okay, On no, the they don't. No, they don't. They show it whenever he's depicted in the the paintings. Okay, so spoiler alert. No. <laughs> yeah. Goody, Goody, Goody missed that part. No, I remember the paint. I don't remember the purple buffalo, but I don't remember the purple buffalo either. Good. It call. wasn't purple. Who's to say? What are you? You're colorblind, oh my gosh. so I don't know. I'm, I'm going to pull the, the frame right now. <laughs> you should put it on the Insta. Yeah, like, yeah. By the way, here it is. <laughs> For those of well, you who haven't heard the anyway, so this kid Atreyu shows up and they're like, oh, you're a kid. And he's like, then I'll leave. And like, no, no, stay. Go. Yeah, but like, no weapons. And carry this medallion with with awesome snakes on it. And they go, he's like, cool. I'll wear some snakes. <laughs> I think this is badass. Okay. I, think I think I'll get a tattoo, which, by the way, case in point, segue. Uh, Noah Hathaway, who plays Atreyu, he owns a tattoo parlor in California, FYI. That's what he does. And it's called? I don't know what it's called. I just oh, it's it. not a never-ending story reference? Oh, my God. <laughs> maybe, anyway. it's called, maybe it's called the Orin, which, FYI, the Orin, you know who owns the Orin now? Like the actual prop from the movie? The actual prop from the movie. Who owns it? Steven Spielberg owns the Orin. It's in a glass display case in his office. I want that Orin. <laughs> but yes, the medallion he gets, which is actually a really cool thing, which was on the cover of the book, which Bastion notices, yes. is the Orin. It's like the, the symbol of the Empress and all that mystical, it's like, it's like magical item. Snakes. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool looking. It is pretty cool, actually. It, it's Who's to say how, how big it is? I mean... When they were creating the character, the character of Atreyu, Atreyu actually in the book is supposed to be green, and the and the actor who you know Noah Hathaway, the actor who plays Atreyu, said he didn't want to be painted green because the the time when they actually tried it on him, he said he literally had a fungus on his body and he didn't want any part of it, so they cut that part out. So weird. Well, that's cool. 
Yeah, so I, I'm okay with that though. That's I'm, I'm okay with sometimes yeah. when they take liberties like that because it's like it doesn't seem right. Because if the childlike empress is like that, I mean, why can't they just have from like that as well? You know what I mean? Like, I not just, green. Yeah, it's and it's fine. I mean, I want to. I'm okay with that. I might, I might, I might read the novel sometime. But um, is it even in print still? I'm sure you can find it digital somewhere. I mean, there I is know. the internet, right? Yeah, the interwebs, as they say. Yeah. So, they, so he goes off traveling, and they even make a point of it. Like after like seven days, they're wandering aimlessly. They don't even know where to go. Oh, because he do. has to. Because he has to save the world. He has to save Fantasia from the nothing. But he does. He uh, he has to get to. Do they say he has to get to the Shell Mountain? Do they say no. That? He they he's looking for a medicine to save the princess. Initially, that's what they first told him, and they don't they don't tell him anything else. Just go off that's and find it. this medicine. And so, right. like, he doesn't know where to go. But no, so but then they he tell him hears, he has to go. He has to go meet. He has to go meet. She has to go meet Urgo at, 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 at um, Shell Mountain. Then they tell him that because he has to go somewhere. Yeah, he finds that out. He goes yeah. to find uh, Urgo. What's his name? Urgo. And he's a giant ass turtle. Well, no, whoa, whoa, guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. Skipped over something. Look, so they go through the Silver Something Mountains. They, 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 he passes through all these little territories. And they say wandering aimlessly because it's that scene with him by the little stream and the horse wakes him up and he's just kind of like lazing about while the, I think it's called the Gamork or whatever, the, the weird, the Gamork is like that weird wolf thing, which is like a crony of the nothing, which he even talked about later in the movie, the power behind the nothing ordered him to hunt down the one person that could stop the nothing, which is Atreyu and he doesn't really quite know what it is. But so Atreus like wandering aimlessly. <laughs> and just one thing that stuck with me was when they go, one of the places he wandered through was the quote unquote, as the movie calls it, the desert of shattered hopes, which is very dramatic sounding. I just yes. think it's Vegas. He just yeah. went to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He passed through Vegas and he's like, nah, it's not here. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, but like wandering aimlessly for a while, like, and you get a sense of that, that, that scene, it seems very idyllic what he's doing there. Like that yeah. scene where he's like lying there, just kind of like, Sitting by the like laying, he was napping by the stream. Yes, idyllic. Yeah, that too. And um, (laughs) tomato, tomato, bro. Tomato, tomato. And um, and uh, and the horse nudges him awake and stuff and whatever. I just think it's interesting. But uh, then, of course, we get to the swamp. Before we get to that big horrible turtle thing, the swamp. Right. Apparently, apparently, Derek wanted to skip this scene discussion. Look, no, no, he didn't. He stopped us. He stopped you actually because you went right to the turtle. Here's the thing. No, all I did so, was mention it. I wasn't going to skip it. So the swamp scene is a big deal in '80s memes because if you've seen the movie, then they talk about how the the meme I remember was, like, and I even thought it too, the tearjerker because in this scene you see him crossing. It's the swamp of sadness, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? The swamp of sadness. The swamps yep. of sadness. And, the swamps of sadness. Yes. Yeah. And it's like really muddy and gross and like what you expect a swamp to be like. And if you get caught up in your own despair, then you sink and you die. Like that's how it works. Okay. Cool. Um, but I'm watching this movie and here's my notes on it. The swamp happened a lot sooner than I remember yeah, when I too. was younger. Me too. So when I was younger and I was little, I cried because this guy's horse, Artax, dies and it actually was kind of a little you know, pointing a little bit, but the horse sinks in the swamp because it's despairing. And you see Artax is his own, is Atreus' only friend. And now Atreus gonna be alone because he watched his, he watched his horse die slowly sinking into the swamp. But all I thought was like, man, this happens a lot sooner than I thought. And I say, 
I cried when I was little, but I barely had any time to care about this horse this time. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Exactly. <laughs> I know. And, 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 like, and one of those things, I was like, I thought the same thing. I was like, man, this is earlier than I thought. I always thought, like I said, that's why I thought when, when, when it just, because the, the movie felt longer to me as a kid. Than it did now. Like now, it was like it's a pretty brisk movie. It's only about it's, I think it's not even ninety minutes. If it it's, is, it's, it's like it's like it's like it's like just like, like ninety four minutes long or something. Like that. Just yeah, over nine. Uh, over nine and that's not including credits. Okay, so that's including yeah. credits. So this movie is probably like ninety minutes, eighty six minutes, eighty seven minutes long. So for for that simple fact that I, I always thought it was longer, but when we saw it as kids, it, it just felt like so much longer. This movie, and of course, this one scene was a scene that we would pass over because or I didn't want to watch. I would fast forward if I needed to because I just it it, it, it was terrible. I felt horrible watching the scene because you're watching this kid, which you can get from the motion picture, in my opinion, that this kid when we were kids, I'm saying, that this kid loves this horse. Like he's grown up with this horse. This horse is like his soulmate. And it's his best friend, his only friend. His only friend and he's literally watching him die before his eyes and there's nothing he can do about it so i mean not not to make take away from the seriousness of this very it's very important right i get the scene and made everyone sad but how less like what's the least offensive way we can kill off a character he just sinks just exactly in a kid's movie (laughs) in a kid's movie Nothing well, and that's the thing. It, it didn't get sick. It sinks because it was sad. It was yeah, despairing. And then, and then, and then, but here's the, here's the part that I don't understand. This is the most horrible moment in Atreyu's life. The most horrible moment. But he doesn't sink. <laughs> For the rest of the time that he's meandering around the, the swamp of sadness, he doesn't sink. Yep. I am stumped. <laughs> You uh, you're right. Saying? I'm just still stuck on the fact that I'm like, I didn't care about the horse this time so much. Like, but yeah, exactly. You know, near you did I. Near yeah. did as I. A, as a, as a then, grown up, I'm like, it happened so soon. I didn't have enough time to care about this horse. But when I was little, I gave a crap about that horse a lot because that that devastated me. Here's something I else that, that, that I noticed in the motion picture now as an adult. Atreyu screams a lot in this movie. Yep. He yep. does. My daughter even said he's like, wow. He shouts a lot. <laughs> like he's, Atreus always screaming. Is there a point in this movie where he's not screaming? I'm like, I don't think there is. <laughs> it's like he feels it, bro. Yeah. He's, well, he's, speaking of screams, so they get to that giant turtle, which is apparently the oldest thing in Fantasia. Yes. Like its soul doesn't give a crap about anything. And one thing that was confusing me, and I, I watched it, and I'm like, that I think I actually wrote this down. This is literally I wrote. Why the scream at the part with Giant Turtle when uh, Bastion screams and Atreyu and the turtle hear it? Why did Bastion scream? I don't know. Like it was after the horse died. There was no thunder at that point. Like he literally just screamed. And then and maybe I'm just like, I don't get it. Maybe I missed something. I don't think so. And that's why I was like, why did he just, why did Bastion Maybe he was just scream? surprised at, at the, at the, at, at the thing oh, talking wow. about him. I don't remember. But, he just literally screams, bro. He just screams. But, and I'm like, okay, why did you scream? Right but here. here, here here's something. Because the turtle's head comes out. Oh, and surprises and surprises. No, no, I don't buy that crap. He's reading a book. No, Atreyu didn't scream. Bastion screamed. No, no, because yeah. it surprised Atreyu. No, but here's the deal. So here's something funny. Um, once again, IMDb rabbit hole. This is me. 
The character of Urgle, the voice, is played by Patricia Hayes. Did you guys recognize the voice at all? Not at all. Go ahead. Hit us with the knowledge. She is the voice. <laughs> she is the actress who plays Finn Rizel from Willow. She's also the 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 the, the, the winch wench lady. That's her too. That is her. You're right. Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah, you're right. Look at that. Oh my god. Oh my oh god. My god. She played two roles. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. Turgid for Falcor. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make some some lose some points here, but um You oh hated Willow god. too, didn't you? Oh my god. I've never seen Willow. I know you didn't. I know you haven't. I know I, you, I knew it. I we knew still it. we still have W. I don't know who I don't know who I'm has done. W, but Bye everyone, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Oh, if, yeah. haven't, if you haven't seen Willow, that was also box of his uh, box of his bomb I learned. Later Hello, in the night. Dan oh. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So he talks to the turtle. He talks to the turtle, and the turtle basically just kind of like doesn't care. She's like the largest Eeyore you've ever seen. Yeah, (laughs) for real. Oh, I don't care. Oh well, you know what I mean. Like, and does she really help him that much? I don't remember. I mean, because she wasn't very impressive to me. But he kind of figures out kind of like his next move. Well, is she the one that says he has to go to the boundaries of Fantasia? Um, I, See, I don't even remember it. I feel like that turtle was like – that turtle was so useless because it literally did not care. I, I was like, oh, this turtle does not she, care. I think she – no, no, no. What it is is what, – what it was is that he was – um, God, he was – no, 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 no. Actually, he, he's – at that point, he – he has to, he, she doesn't do anything. She, like, he doesn't get anything from her and she doesn't care. And he kind of like just leaves, you know? He, he says that the, she has to go to the, the end Oracle. of never, of, of Fantasia is a hundred thousand miles. No, 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 no. She had, no, no. She tells him he has to go to the Southern Oracle. But the Southern Oracle yes. is 10,000 leagues from. Or miles. There. No, she said miles. 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 10,000 miles from that spot. And he's like, despondent and he goes and he begins to sink dude yeah and he leaves he starts he to leave he gets sinking he starts sinking and then Falcor that's when the swamp of sadness thing kicks in yes and, and and actually they had to actually take one shot basically for the swamp of sadness because one of the times his foot got stuck in the elevator that kind of took him down and he actually passed out like he couldn't breathe he passed out the actor like he sank under the surface and, and passed he, out? And passed out because he couldn't breathe because his foot got stuck on the elevator. Oh, wow. Yeah, this kind of suck. But either way, he, he, he saves from Falcor. Falcor takes him away. And well, that's when you see Falcor for the first time. Falcor yeah. the Luck Dragon rescues him. Rescues and him. just as the Gamork was about to kill him. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Gamork. the Gamork being the big wolf hitman thing sent by the power out. behind... Well, yeah, that sent by the power behind the nothing, whatever that is. Whatever that power um, is. That might be revealed in the, in the novel. I have no idea. Yeah. If he's in the novel, because the guy said the novel, the move was so different. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, so maybe, maybe it's the bad guy from um, Black Cauldron. Who knows? But either yeah. way. it's it, Actually, it's Alan Rickman from <laughs> Die Hard. It's, it's Alan Rickman. It's <laughs> Hans Booby. That's all. Exactly. Oh <laughs> is it Hans Gruber? Hans yeah, Gruber. It's Hans Gruber. It's Hans Gruber. He's the power behind the nothing. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Not only does he want the money from the Yakatomi Tower, he wants to destroy Fantasia at the same time. Um, either way, so we see it, it, the next time we see Atreyu, he is in the arms of Falcor and he's actually been healed. Um, he meets Falcor for the first time. Um, and strangely enough, he's 
pretty calm about kind of hanging around with a giant ass uh, dragon dog thing. So, like, my daughter saw him and they're like, is he a golden doodle? I'm like, no, he's not. She's a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They were, they were, uh, clearly they were going for uh, a more Asian. Yes. <laughs> no. A more Asian style dragon and it just looked yeah. like a dog. Yeah, and from, it just from how not, they made it, but they were going for an Asian style dragon. It like, it it just did not come off right because I felt like I was looking at like look like a dog, a dog dragon. Like I'm, all of a sudden, it's like it's a flying re- dog. It's like it's like a precursor to every animal in like Avatar: The Last Airbender. There's always like a mixture yep. of two, like turtle ducks and polar bear dogs and platypus bears. You know what I mean? Like it's just what. Oh my I don't. I've never. I've actually never watched Avatar. You seriously, Goody, have never seen. No, it? I haven't. Goody, I haven't. You need to watch so it. It's so but good, it, Goody. Yeah, but like, isn't it American? So who cares, right? It does. No, Goody. I'm it's kidding. So it's a joke. It. It's a joke. It's a joke. Goody, you've, I can't believe that you've totally destroyed our view, our, our listenership. It's got to be one of the most successful like American animes that we. Yeah, ever dude. Had. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Can you just call it one of the most successful animes? Period. Yeah. Like, it's oh, pretty yeah. big deal, isn't I it? I call it that. I think you can call it that. That's probably one of the most successful animes around. Can't you? Mm. What do you think, Derek? Mm. I think I mean, so. There's there's anime franchises out there that are. Oh, just... I know that, but I'm just saying, like, I don't like think what? Gonna, I don't think I don't prove think should, it. I don't think you should call it an American anime. I think you should call it an anime because it's 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 just as good as a lot of other animes that are out there. It it does stand on its own against other anime, mm-hmm. but. It it is absolutely one of the I, I would say probably the first or second anime ever in America, that like is, an American yes. produced. That is like when we talk about like actual like Japanese or Korean anime, like I mean those guys have franchises that. Yes. I mean, do you know how and much money been... Hello Kitty and Sunrio make right now? Like, oh yeah, they're still one of well, the okay, but 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 they're the one. Yeah, or Dragon Ball Z, or Evangelion, or all uh, of the. I don't. The I'm actually argue Evangelion. Definitely not. That that has not. I don't think that's been big since I was in high school, yeah. or even afterwards. Honestly, yeah. honestly, six different shows sequences that are on uh, it. I'm still. I'm, yeah, I'm, but honestly, though, which which really may only impress with Evangelion, to be honest. With well, you. no, well, no. I mean, the story beside, I've never really interested me, but but even though I love mecha anime a lot, but that was when I was like, oh, it was too serious. But I don't know. I don't know. It just. You, well, you know what? Forget it. Tangent. I don't. Let's go back. Let's go back. <laughs> okay. The first but, time I've been able to nerd out on anime. A little bit. <laughs> but no. I, no well, you know, I no, mean, no, no. I'm going back to it. So my point. I don't think it's been as big as it was because when I was in high school, when we had less access to stuff like that, I remember it was really big when I was in high school. But like, I don't think like kids today or high school kids today or like are not watching Evangelion. They're watching other anime, but they're not watching that. Yeah, but yeah, they're I also mean, not still reading like Shonen Jump either, right? Well, I know, which is only big in Japan, but not worldwide. I'm talking worldwide level, dude. Yeah, yeah I mean, like right now, right now, probably the biggest like mecha, like I guess you could say mech anime that I could think of that probably worldwide right now is probably Sao. In your opinion, in my opinion, that's my opinion. Sao because it's Man. on it's on Cracker. Sao is not mech anime. No, it's not anime. No, man. No, I don't think so. Are there mecha in Sao? There no. kind of is, I think. No, no, there isn't. Alicization? Oh, at the end of the like the sixth no. series, you can no. That no. doesn't make the whole like first five seasons. Bebel, Bebel, Robotech, yeah, Voltron. Okay, if you're talking about that, Gundam, okay, Gundam. Okay, but but boot. I'm not talking like that. That's what it is. I'm not talking okay, like that. Okay, not, okay, that's what it is. okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm confusing myself. My bad. Oh, All right. good. 
Either anyway. way, either way. But what I'm so saying is a never-ending story. Nipples, nipples. Okay, I'm getting, no, 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 I'm, no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get to that point, he he wakes up from being in Falcor's loving arms or paws, whatever you want to call it, claws. The old know. folks are there. The old folks are there, which of course, like Goody said, Goody stated, is Finn Rizal, which I totally forgot. You know, thinking about That's it, the actual actress that played the yeah, actress she, who played she was Finn a voice Rizal. of the turtle as well as the old lady the character, the old yeah. lady. Uh, forgot what her name was. Um, but then you meet the old man who's kind of like a uh, like a scientist, Engelwook, whatever that is, Engelwook, and he's yeah. like, and he's like, it's my speciality, the Southern Oracle, and they've been the ones that have been healing and feeding him while he's been injured until he woke, woke up. And so his next steps is that he has to go... I'm going to go ahead and just skip to this part. His next steps, he has to go meet the Southern Oracle. Boobs. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Six boobs. Hold on. He has to go meet the Southern Oracle, but to meet the Southern Oracle, he has to go through what he doesn't know are two gates. Now, the first gate is a gate of two sphinxes that he sees a knight pass through. If you pass through the knight, the eyes of the sphinxes, if they think you're worthy of going through the gate, okay, which means that you can without self doubt. Exactly. Actually, no, 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 no. It's not even that. That's that's actually what, think, a, a, a cool thing. It's not that if they think you're worthy, you have to think you yourself are worthy. No, no, you have to think yourself not worthy enough. I think is what he said. It was like it's like you have to be. You have to be no, 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 no. You have to be confident. It's the other way around, man. The way around. I thought yeah. it was. It, it kills you if you have self doubt. You watch the same movie. I don't, I don't know. know. I thought, he probably saw the clever Nevening story or something. Cleverly, <laughs> possibly. But either way, if you don't, if you're not, if you're not up to by, up to snuff of the Sphinxes by 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 Cow Gang Smitherson yes. or something. <laughs> that's what he saw. It's an Alan Smithy movie. Anyway, so if you're not up to snuff for the for the Sphinxes thoughts then they will literally burn you alive with laser yeah it, it, it's it's self-doubt is what it is you, you have to actually yeah. you have to believe yourself 100%. worthy to approach the oracle the exact either opposite way. of what you were initially telling everyone yes either way anyway in any way shape or form so he has to pass this oracle now case in point goody talk to me i want you to say what you thought and i'll tell you what happened with my daughters all right so the oracles are two sphinxes, are, and if you're imagining like the sphinx in Egypt, it's not. It's the same creature mythologically speaking, but it's a very different style. It's a human but being shape. It's a, it's a humanoid two, figure. Yeah, yeah, with like with, lion body and all that. But yes. here's the thing, and like wings, um, which is what a sphinx is. Now, when I watched it, well, first of all, you missed it. His, when, he, when he goes to observe, when they go to observe the night going through the observatory, is basically a crystal Gatling gun is what I saw. <laughs> like, it's not a telescope. It's basically a bunch of shards of crystal he looks through and then apparently, it looks like a Gatling gun. Think of a Gatling gun, but in the yeah. barrels are crystals. It was pretty cool. Yeah. But anyway, the, 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 the night goes to it, goes through it. The, the lasers hit the night. Um, the horse the night is riding on survives because it's no longer there. It runs off. But the knight itself is basically cooked in his armor because when later on when Atreyu looks at in the armor, you can see like a a, a blackened skeleton in the armor's knights. The armor's um the knight's armor. But that armor's perfect, by the way. It's perfect. Yeah. But it's like it, ki- it killed the knight himself. Like they know what they're doing. The armor, it's the magical armor. laser it eyes. It looks a lot like um like lightning bolts or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But here's what I walked away with, a big walk away was when you're walking through that, these sphinxes they give, first of all, are very well endowed, but also 
very pronounced nipples. Like <laughs> nipples are on this thing. And I'm like, whoa, this must be a European production. Yeah, no, and I thought to myself, I'm like, how does this, how did this pass the snuff on cable TV in the 80s? Well, I mean, it's a statue and I don't know, maybe, well, I don't know if they blurred out the nipples. Do I don't remember know? that. So listen to this. Honestly, I don't remember the nipples at all when I was like looking back. I don't remember the nipples at all. So <laughs> it worked because like as a kid, I didn't pick up on it. Yeah, so, no, which is funny it because out. it just goes to show you how things have changed because I'm watching this movie with my two daughters, which by the way, they like, they enjoyed Flight of the Navigator more than this movie. So I, I think I'm winning either way. Same um, kid, right? Same uh, kid. Barrett Oliver or something like that? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Different kids, but different actors. Different actors. But either way, in the movie, they're watching the movie and they see the orcas for the first time. And my seven year old goes and says, Ooh. I'm like, What? She goes, Boobies. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my, my 11 year old is like, Oh my God. Yeah. Look, boobies. I'm like, Okay, guys. And I'm just trying to rein them in when they're like, Boobies, boobies, boobies. Every time the, the oracle shows up, it's boobies, boobies. I'm like, Fuck. I was like, Way to kill the moment. It's just, there's some gravitas <laughs> to the situation. There was. <laughs> it's like, but all you can think of is boobies and nipples. <laughs> like, it's yep. pretty. Like, it's so prominent in the motion in the in the movie when you watch it. And you're just like, fuck, man. <laughs> like, what? And then well, not only that, not only that. When he when he goes to the second gate, which is of course the mirror gate, which he never even knew about, and he sees Bastion in the reflection, which is as his true self. As his true self. And then, of course, he just walks through. Like, we don't see anything else. We just see him walk through. And then, of course, to add insult to injury, we see this on an oracle, and it looks exactly like the Sphinxes. So now we have another set of boobies happening in the background with my 7-year-old and 11-year-old. It's just like, fuck me. (laughs) Seriously, bro. We made it an hour into the movie, and... Now there's boobs everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Well, and again, a testament to the film. Again, I don't remember that being so pronounced when I was little. Yeah. Uh, when I watched, which actually, when I quote unquote, I'm saying little, but I don't think I remember seeing it when it first came out. But still, like watching it as I got older, um, I never, I don't remember that at all. I don't remember it at all. I don't remember yeah, nipples being so pronounced. I'm like, holy crap, nipples. I know, me too. I was like, holy shit. I was like, fuck me. I was like, wow. Well, my also thought on this, again, keeping it on the surface and not being deep here, as he leaves the, the first test of the oracles, the little laser eyes, mm-hmm. he goes to run to the mirror, of, whatever they call the mirror of the show. They call it the mirror of something. It was even a Germanic name. No, it was, it was, it was a, called the mirror gate. Oh, the mirror gate. Okay. But like, it's a complete shift in their terrain because mm-hmm. it goes from being desert sphinx like mm-hmm. to like full on blizzard yeah. that this kid is crossing through. And but I'm he's, like, that's he's, he's kind of acting cool, but that's about it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's unnecessary because like we just keep it all desert. Like I don't know why they had to make it snowy. Like, I, but it was just very interesting. How, I that was how, an interesting like, choice to make. Like, I mean, how, so, so how long was he walking in the desert, quote unquote? I don't know. Because in, in when you see the Southern Oracle, like in the in the horizon, it's just desert past the Oracle. Like how far was he walking? Did it just well, all wait, of a and, and you, you skip over the fact that when Atreyu ran through there, the Sphinx fired at him. Yeah, it did. He just he, got away. He was able to pass through it because he jumped at the right moment, and he crossed the he gate cheated. because he he feel exactly he cheated to get through the first gate. Well, I say he overcame his self-doubt. 
Hmm. Like it was going to fire at him and it did fire at him, but by him not backing away and like, he just went, no, no, I'm going through. He charges through and that's, and he made it through. And maybe that's the test of, uh, you know, overall you have to, even with self doubt, if you just push through, you can succeed. Oh, goody. Really? Is that it? Is that it? That's a goodie. That's, that's, that's the movie. That's the movie. We're done here, guys. Good night. <laughs> Good night. That's it. Push through yourself. Um, no, but yeah, so he goes through the mirror gate. He sees Bastion and he sees himself, which is Bastion. So he sees his, his inner self. Which he's is- just a character in a page. He's a nobody. His yes, whole life is but, a sham. But, but Atreyu, but with Bastion means is that Bastion needs Atreyu's bravery, but Bastion represents Atreyu's self doubt. Nope. I don't buy it. I'm gonna let no. that sit there for a minute. No. 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 This is gonna be. This is the best episode. I think we. Ever I don't had. buy it. I don't buy it. <laughs> no. It's just showing that Atreyu his self. It's not his self doubt. Atre- Bastion is the fact that Atreyu is discovering. He is nothing. He is nobody. He's just a character in a page because his true self is some guy reading him. And I'm like, I, I guess maybe I went darker than what you did. <laughs> maybe, maybe, did. maybe. It's like, oh, I am nothing. I am just this little boy so, reading a book. So would that, so would then a trait, so then would uh, Bastion be considered the architect in this? Maybe. Maybe. Um, so, my okay, thoughts so, here. W- w- at what point does uh, Bastion throw the book? Uh, when they, um, I think, oh, no, 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 no. I think he throws the book. When I think it's farther down the road, though. When okay. The, the, okay. Let's. Okay. So let's, let's just skip ahead real quick. So he goes. So so Atreyu walks cool. through the mirror gate. Okay. When he walks through the mirror gate, we have. Um, what happens for that point? I'm trying to think. There's, there's um, the second set of Sphinx. No, he meets the Sphinx. The, he, yes. the actual Oracle. He meets no, the Oracle, meets which, the Oracle. Which, which is a blue version of the previous Sphinx, which is the, the, the gate. Like yes, the great was like yellow. Yes. And the real Oracle was a blue. It's the same exact then, thing, but blue. It reskinned it. Whatever. It's fine. Basically, and so the, then the Oracle tells him that the only way he can save Fantasia is if he goes and crosses Fantasia's boundaries. Okay. To get a human to child. To get a human child. And that's the only way he's going to be able to save Fantasia. To give, and it, and she, and the only way to save the Empress is if that human child gives, gives the Empress a name. Gives the Empress right. a name. And that's why, Taking it back and forth, back backwards in time. That's why me and my, me, or well, I think me and Goody both think that it's somewhat cyclical in the sense that there has to be the Empress has to get a name every once in a while. So who's to say that the name previously, the previous Empress or Emperor, whoever was in charge, because that girl's young, there had to have been someone in charge, had gotten a name well, from somebody. Uh... Remember, her name is Childlike Empress. Childlike Empress, but who who gave her the who who was the Empress before this child? I don't know. Empress? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like there had to. How many somebody. rock buyers had to die in that war of conquest? <laughs> <laughs> how many night hobs were kept from riding their hang glider bats? Or maybe they're an air. Oh, they're an air force. Wait a second, guys. <laughs> and so, so does that mean? Does that mean that the rock buyers are like a like an armored artillery? Yes, dude. And what are the, te- are, so are, are, are the Okay, hold on. Are the racing snails? Are they like like cavalry? <gasps> oh my god! Oh my god! I'm, I'm... So Atreyu leaves. 
the Oracle flying. He leaves the, the Oracle and he has to go to the boundaries. He has to go, to, yeah, go to the, the boundaries. boundaries of Fantasia. Find some human kid, which I guess means Atreus is not human. Hmm. And the only way he does that is that he he decides, okay, I got to ride Falcor. So him and Falcor go off. Because Falcor is like super fast. Super fast. And he flies. So so they're trying to find the boundaries and they get caught in the nothing. They get caught in a storm that is probably either of the nothing or like an offshoot of the nothing. No, I think the storm is the nothing itself, which okay. is that's what that's what it does to tear land and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. so he falls off. It's of a Falcor. harbinger of the nothing. Yes, he falls off Falcor and he ends up on like some shoreline. Okay, and he wakes up in this weird kind of like castle space. Now, as he's walking through this like ruined structure, he notices that there are. Uh, okay, well, the, uh, backwards in, in, in that sense, they're talking about the Southern Oracle, and that's when Bastion throws the book. He's like, why are they talking about me? Yeah, because the Oracle's talking about him. Yeah, and then, which my thought was, oh no, because when you, when you see the book land, it lands cover, like, like face down, like the page is open, and I thought was, oh my god, page creases. <laughs> <laughs> Because the way it landed, I know. this really this book, which has a lovingly crafted cover, yes, and like frayed edges, clearly oh, made to I make it look like, aged. It, and I, and I, like I, just wanna, I just want to grab that book, like open it up, and just smell the pages. Yeah, it looks like an amazingly crafted book, and I'm like, oh no, there are creases now on those pages. Oh my god! And then at some point, Bastion grabs matches to light these candles. I'm like, where this could get no, matches, no, man? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> where? The- where are those matches, and why are you putting it so near this ancient book? Like, what are you even doing? Not, no, at this point, in my opinion, it's not a book. It is a tome. Okay. It's a mystical tome. A mystical tome. Held by a multiplanar gatekeeper named Coriander. Oh, God. <laughs> Nighthob Air Force. Nighthob Air Force. Yeah, oh, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'll be gone. Weenie. All right. Racing snails are racing snails are cavalry and rock biters are All right. armored artillery. Look, I'll tell way. you, when he goes to the island, he is that he runs into the rock biter there, right? Mm-hmm. When he's he's there, mm-hmm. and I will tell you right now, that rock biter scene for me was so much more powerful than it seeing was. some stupid horse sink in a swamp. Like I'm like the rock biter talking as about adult, how he, as an adult. Well, because I don't have sense, but because. <laughs> Because I understand loss, not like a child. But yeah. no, I mean, it's like, no, but uh, kids can understand loss. I'm, whatever, anyway. But the point is that, like, uh, the Rockbiter scene was like, because he's talking about how, like, the Night Hob and the teen, Teeny Weenie, the, well, he actually called him the little man with his racing snail. And, like, his, he, talk, he talked about how, like, he has his big, because this is a guy that's the size of a mountain, yeah. right? <sighs> and he talks about his big, powerful hands. He goes, see these hands? You think they'd be strong, right? Something like that. But he says like he could not keep his friends from being ripped away by the like, – he was hard, hold on to his friends, which were new. Like, he just met them, but they meant so much to him. But they could – he his powerful, quote-unquote, his powerful hands were not strong enough to keep them from being ripped away by the nothing. Like, And I just imagine him holding on to those characters and the nothing takes them anyway. Yeah, I mean and that, I'm that like, scene – Wow. That scene was really powerful for me in the same way because I was just like – because, I mean, as a child, maybe, maybe depending on how you, you live – you may not have experienced loss in the same way that some people have. Like, like some people, like as growing up as we did, we didn't really experience loss as much as we have as adults. But as children, we didn't experience the same type of loss that some kids have. So for us, the biggest loss for us was like watching our tax sink into a tree because into the swamp because 
you know, that was lost for us. Like, oh, wow, he lost his horse. You know, that's really well, powerful. But now with this, with that part of it, it was more poignant for us because he had a relationship with these, these people just as much as our types. But these were like human beings or, or whatever, beings that could actually speak to him and had conversations with him. Who's to say what kind of relationship he had? Because the time frame from the ivory tower to this scene is weeks, probably, or months. Who's to say? Yeah. That he's had true. time to spend with the night hob and teeny weeny and his racing snail and the bat. So who's to say that these three have been rolling around Fantasia trying to get away, trying to stay, stay a step ahead of the nothing and they just couldn't. He just couldn't at that point. And now he's just waiting to die, basically. Well, I look at it like it's the art tax meant more to us as little kids because uh, and I'm not a child psychologist, but maybe it's because children are more visual. Yeah. So we see the visual thing. Whereas when we got to that point, it was all just, you know, narrative, him discuss, describing it to it. Possibly. And like the description means more to us as adults because we get more of it. Yeah. Like it's, we, it's a possibility. It's more, it's more poignant that way because of how he described it as opposed to for kids, like dialogue is dialogue, but seeing the horse slowly die was harder to deal with. Because I think, I think also because, and, and but in, in, in case in point, I think that's, that's kind of like, they're kind of like the same thing, you know? Well, yeah, they are. Both you know, lost. You know, no, no, yes, no, no, yes, no, 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 not just, no, but the way they died, you know, Atreyu, his hands weren't strong enough to be able to pull Artax out of the swamp and the rock biter wasn't strong enough in his enormous size and his strength wasn't strong enough to pull the night hob and, and, the and teeny weeny from the nothing. I hadn't even considered that. Uh, that's very powerful. Um, I think wow. Derek is crying in front of his mic. I told you I was leaving. <laughs> Night Hob Air Force. <laughs> Rock uh, biter armored artillery. Anyways, but but uh but yeah, that's just it's just now that you brought that up, I think that's just my my opinion is that it was is the same thing, but like you said, one resonates more with children because it's visual and the other side kind of like finally brings in the adult who's watching the motion picture with the narrative portion of it. So what'd you think from it, Derek? <laughs> then Atreyu's in that. See, like, Derek just kind of just went past right past the <laughs> It was too right popcorn. He couldn't handle it. He couldn't, he handle, couldn't it. handle it. No, no, no. It's I get just, it. Who's to say? I mean, it really, it really just depends, man. I think, I think yeah. I am. I'm to say that. Go ahead, Goody. But no, but Rock, way. Rock Fighter's more poignant. Forget it. Screw the horse, man. Who cares? <laughs> That's disgusting. I don't want to screw the horse. Um, either way. Wow, dude. <laughs> so, so either way, we, we move forward in the, in the, in the story and he's walking through this ruined area and there's murals up that Atreyu's noticing that are of different points of his adventure. And he's just trying to understand, like, why the hell is all showing up now? Because because it's predestined. Exactly, it's, it's cyclical. In my opinion, that's why I said it's cyclical. That's why Goody says it's cyclical because it's happened every time. There's an Atreyu. There's an and, and, and all the events happen every time, just like in Matrix Two. With the but, uh, yeah, maybe. Oh, okay, I'll give it to you. So, so yeah. Well, what you? I mean, I mean, that's what I got from the murals too. Like, like yeah. The, how are they murals? If unless they're prophetic, but 
Or could they just be like, this is how the story goes. Maybe we have to, story, we, we maybe, need someone to, to read maybe it. Maybe there's it. always murals, but maybe the adventure is different every time. Then, but then the hero finds the murals. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I like the other one but better. That's, that's the cyclical nature of it. Or and maybe the adventure is the same every time, but the hero doesn't remember. I, 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 there's a, there's a, this part though, you just get, yeah, maybe the mural we thing. Could, but. We could definitely get in the weeds with it, but it's just he sees the murals, and at the same time, then he meets the Gamork. Yeah, or as I call them in my notes, Wolf Guy. Wolf Guy. He's Wolfgang. He's Wolfgang. Anyway, so no. yeah, it's... <laughs> and he kills him dead. Well, no, no, he gets no. Well, the well, so, so well, he, in the well, Wolf Guy goes into a whole conversation, and I noticed something. Wolf Guy has a much better understanding of his reality than everyone else in Fantasia. Yes. Like Wolf Guy gets it. They know they're in. A, he knows they're in a story. He knows what Fantasia needs. There's a power behind. He's the one that talks about. I mean, I mentioned it before, but this is at the point when you find out there is a quote unquote power behind the nothing that has basically hired him to kill Atreyu, which he doesn't know he's talking to Atreyu while he's talking to Atreyu. Um, and that what is it? Oh, and the reason is because when people because he knows that Fantasia will be destroyed. Because people's wishes and because they, they don't wish and they don't dream and they're despairing. People meaning in our us, our world. So again, he understands the nature of his reality, what reality is in Fantasia. It's based on people's dreams and wishes and and that like when people despair, they're easy to control, which I thought was a pretty cool concept. Because it's basically like what yeah, they talk but, about when we have like a government that's rules with, through paranoia. Well, and the only only thing that kind of hung me up on that was like people who don't have hopes or dreams are easy to control. You're right that they said that, and then they also said, you know, when people are easy to control, then people can have power, and the people who have power are in control. Exactly. And I'm like, wait, so like you basically just said it's it's almost like like I work to get money, and money is good, so I want more money, and more money is better. Like I just said the same thing four times, right? I, I didn't get that. Really? But, but you're smarter than I am, so yeah. No. Okay. Oh. Anyway, moving forward. Well, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. I just thought to myself, "Oh, not like the Nazis." That's what I thought too. Because well, because groups like the Nazis, well, they came into power after the Great Depression, during the Great Depression. Yeah. They, they, so because... with people in despair, they were the, the people were able to be controlled by oh. this group. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. because I mean yeah. that's that's one of the reasons why the Nazis came to power was because one of the portions of uh, one of the reasons of uh, after the after the first world war was that um, that that Germany came into I could be wrong Goody, correct me if I'm wrong and I could be wrong all the time but what I've listened to and I've seen in different documentaries is that Germany the Nazis came to power or National Socialism came into power because they fed on the aspect that Germany was extremely, extremely poor at this point because they had to pay back so much of the money and pay all these countries that were hit hard by World War One because they had to, because it was part of the Treaty of Versailles. They had to pay back. They had to just pay them. Yeah, and they were found at fault. They had to pay fees and reparations back and to the other countries. To all these countries. Yeah, which... which yeah, which the system actually was working for a time, and the Weimar government was actually succeeding for a time, 1926, 27. You, you would and know then, more than me, Goody. Yeah, well, basically, it, and yeah, it was working. The, the, the system was working, especially when the U.S. stepped in and like made the reparations a little easier with the Dawes plan. Um, but then the stock market crash 
happened. Yeah. And then everything went to crap. And then Germany falls into another, actually it was like, a, that was like a second hyperinflation. And then in that despair, and this idea that, well, yeah, because they, they basically say, look at all this crap. Germany was a, was a soup, was a major power, was one of the leading powers in the world. And now we're nothing. Whose fault is it? It's the Weimar government and also all these other groups that are creating this problem. And so these people, the German people that were in despair, you know, were controlled. I mean, it's, it's probably oversimplifying a lot of it, but were controlled by this group that, that fed on and used that despair to its, um, to its advantage, which is kind of what the Gamork, I'll call him Wolf Guy, Wolf Guy was talking about. Which I, I honestly, which is funny, and, and you should watch a motion picture, but if you guys want to see something that's kind of takes some point of that is Fritz Lang's, um, uh, German masterpiece M. It hides that kind of like seething kind of, um, you know, kind of thing with the way the government handles things, but other like people's, people's reactions to, to, um, to what's happening with the government and, and how they can kind of take an extreme side to it. And the government takes the extreme side to it as well, but it hides it in the guise of, it's kind of a crazy way, hides it in the guise of a, um, serial killer of children. What, what? Okay. It's, it's weird, but it's, but dude, honestly, it's a great movie. It stars Peter Lorre and it's one of the last movies that Fritz Lang made in Germany before he left to go make movies in the States. He let, he like escaped Germany. Um, and it's a fantastic motion picture. The sound is amazing in the motion picture just because there's, the sound is kind of unnerving in the movie because you see a lot of, you hear a lot of different sounds that it's, it's quiet a lot of times. But the thing is, is that, it uses Peter Lorre's character to represent kind of like the underbelly or the or the negative nature of the the the, the public psychosis of what was happening in Germany. In my opinion, in Germany at the time, with the rise of National Socialism and the fall of the Weimar government. So it's kind of a crazy thing, dude. It's really wild. You should watch it. It's really good. So the movie was never ending story. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> anyway, sorry. but either way, um, either way, we went on some crazy ass tangents. Um, but yeah, so anyway, yeah, I feel he, like the wolf he, guy has a lot of understanding of what's going on in Fantasia yeah. more than anyone does, else. He does, and so and, and then he he says that he needs to find Atreyu, and Atreyu's there, and he he announces himself. He's like, "Come at me, Gamor. Come at me, bro." And he well, because he says because if the nothing's going to take him, he'd rather go. He'd rather go out fighting. If he's going to be destroyed by the nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so the Gamork figures out that he's a Treyu and he jumps at him. Now, time out here. Bro, the Gamork doesn't figure out anything. A Treyu no, tells no, no. him, I'm a Treyu. tells him, I'm saying the Treyu tells him, but here's something that you should know. So that scene where the Gamork is on him and jumps on him, that's the only shot they have that they shot of the scene. Because apparently when the Gamork landed on him, the claws of the, the costume, Hit the actor's eye and almost took his eye out. Supposedly, like Jeez, it, this kid it, basically died twice in this. Oh moment. no, no, no! On top of that, it weighed so much on the kid he could not breathe. Oh my goodness! So that shot that we see of the Gamork on top of the kid is the only shot they took of the entire movie. So they did it in one shot and like that's it. That's all we can do. do that's it. all we can do that's because it. we weren't use we, it. We, we didn't feel it safe. It was safe. And it worked. I think it worked. 
Oh yeah, totally, totally did. You know, and so get stabby stabbies. Yeah, yeah, and, the Gamork. And, so, and you saw him like kind of like wriggling a little bit, which was kind of cool. I was like, holy shit, he's wriggling. So, and it was just, it was just like, I was, and then that scene and that was it. And then, um, and you see, of course, you know, he gets on Falcor again and then I'm missing anything. No, he jumps on Falcor again and he heads towards and, and he's out, he's in the storm, whatever, and he survives and Fantasia has been destroyed. It's all like floating little Asteroids. pieces in space. And then behind an asteroid, all of a sudden, the ivory tower shows up. And he goes to the ivory tower. And the only person in the ivory tower at this point is the childlike empress who is surveying her destruction of Fantasia. Oh, man. Sorry. Come to wizard went out. Like no, no, no. She, 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 she probably like executed him because he didn't, he didn't. Well, yeah. Him. Again, conquest and war. I get conquest it. and war. She didn't, she, <laughs> you don't leave witnesses, bro. You, you, anybody who's like a part of the plan, you. anybody who's a part of the plan has to be destroyed. Right, Goody? Am I, am I, am I, am I too off base here? That sounds good to me. Yeah. You know, right. I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Richard the third, that's how he did things. Um, anyways, um, so yeah, so, so yeah, so he shows up and he sees the childlike empress. And in the whole process of his conversation, she knows, she tells Atreyu that he's been, that the human child has been listening and been watching this whole time. And she calls out to Bastion and he's calling out to her. He's like, I can't believe this is happening. You know what I mean? Like he's like, are they really talking to me? And she's like crying, Bastion, you have to give me a name. And he goes and he runs up to the window. I mean, if I'm missing something, just stop me, guys. Runs up to the window, opens the window and screams out her name that he gives her. Which is his mother's name. Which is his mother's name. But then, of what's course, his mother's name? Moonchild. I'm like, what the fuck is? That? I, I never like when I was a kid. I didn't understand anything he said, so I, never, I don't know what he said. I have then, no idea what he said. But then when I'm watching it with like the girls, like I'm like, I like, okay, so let me pay attention because I always remembered. I never knew what he said, and then I'm paying attention to this one scene, and her name is Moonchild. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? His mom's name is Moonchild. Like then I'm thinking to myself, so Bastian's dad, who's a corporate guy, married a hippie. <laughs> like, are we? And are she we, died. Did he kill really, her? Did he kill did his he, wife? Did he kill his wife? I mean, is she? Did was she not following Reaganomics at this point? Like, was she just living her best life as a hippie? Was she wearing oh, like, on, like, like peasant shirts? Well, like well, flowers? that's the thing. But you know what though? Maybe not. Maybe maybe his dad was a hippie at one point and uh, became a yuppie and they then that's are, it. That's, that's they the are thing. baby boomers. Who knows that does happen in the motion? He, he went. They it. went corporate and that's it. But she she stuck with her name and she didn't want to spend the money, the legal fees on having her name legally changed. So she stuck with Moonchild and that's it. I mean, I don't know. I've seen I've seen I've seen mixish. I've seen mixedish. Have you seen mixedish? I mean, no. <laughs> So mixed dish is funny because no, I, I know it is. Let's keep going. Yeah, we're going on a tangent. Sorry, sorry. Anyway, but yeah, his mom's name is Moonchild. That's what you find out. His mom's name is Moonchild, and that's the name he gives the childlike empress. Now, in the Terrible process name. of this happening, oh god, in the process of this happening, Fantasia is destroyed, and the only thing left is a single grain of sand. And we have a moment where the childlike empress and Bastion 
are discussing. Now, the single grain of sand, in my opinion, is a piece of Ethernet that's light, that's lit <laughs> in their hands. <laughs> yeah. Is that what that is? I don't know. Just that's a fiber opinion. optic cable. Just a fiber optic cable. Did they, did they, did they have the technology back in 1984 or whatever? I think they did. I think they did. Piece of fiber optic table, cable that's lit in his hands. And the only way that he can survive or that Fantasia can exist from that point on. So I guess everything is destroyed except for the childlike empress, which apparently she's committed genocide in Fantasia. And, <laughs> oh and, and all the Kung Fu space was wiped out. <laughs> I mean, every single race that exists, including the three faced people, the Easter Island the, rejects, the weird giant headed <laughs> people. Yes. The rock biters. And even the loyal night hob air force. And then the, Oh my god, dude! <laughs> the night hop, the night hop Luftwaffe. I mean, they just—they've they, completely disappeared from the face of this world. Which, oh, and so man. all that's left is the childlike empress sitting in her Aryan throne and with the fiber optic cables. With fiber optic cables. So cool. <laughs> oh my God. What's what's funny is that this has become so controversial now that this is gonna be the this episode is when it gets banned. Oh my God. <laughs> Never ending story gets banned. Oh my god. Anyways, but she has to have Bastion literally rethink an entirely new Fantasia with his yeah, it, it can yeah, he has to basically he can wish Fantasia oh back god. into existence He's and like it can be imagining. more amazing. Every wish he makes and what I love is when she he goes Basically, he gets all the wishes that he wants while he's trying to do that. It's whatever wish he wants. And like, it's unlimited wishes this kid yes, gets. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Seriously. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's funny because. And with every wish, it rebuilds Fantasia. And so in the, in the next scene, we see, she asks him, what's the first wish you want? And the first wish we see is him on Falcor fist pumping. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, seriously? Well, because he's riding through Fantasia. No, sir, no, I don't want, I want him to be fist pumping as, 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 um, as, I'm, I'm gonna say something crazy. As Falcor rains fire and death upon oh a race God, of night hobs. Oh, wait a second. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, yes. all I know, or while Falcor grips his, the Dragon Balls because the kid got all of them because he's, he's making wishes now. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Anyway, either way, either way the, he's look, look, and, and, and he's, he's rebuilt and he's like, he's seeing a Treyu and like everyone's got, even Artax has made a comeback. He's not some stake for the swamp or anything anymore. Like, it's actually, I loved that scene that when I was little, that, that yeah, little scene I because they too. all, they all came back and it was like, everyone's alive and everyone's happy. Because mm-hmm. the kid has brought back Fantasia, which is nice. Yeah, which was cool. And I mean, it's just, it was one of those things where you just like, you were happy because it came back. And then of course, there was a lot of redemption with that scene because he wishes again to fly through the city and exact murderous revenge. <laughs> he just uh, scared them. He didn't murder them. Oh, the police. Okay, fine. <laughs> Fine. He chases them down the, the, the alley and they okay, go in the so dumpster. The two bullies that survived were the ones in the garbage. They're, okay, the all three one, of them. No, no, no. But the one that fell in the boxes, I think he died of a heart attack right then and there. Oh, God. You, I don't think it's true at all. Well, that's, but anyway, that's what my heart says. My, my, well, okay. My notes for that point says bullies will definitely need therapy after this. Yes. <laughs> because that, these are, they're then, bullies, but they're still children and they just saw 
the kid that they bullied riding a horrible monster dog thing flying at them. Yeah, just like, that. Yeah. Not just the bullies, but the, the local populace who saw him fly through the Oh, street. yeah. Down the street. Like, it wasn't like he went, like, hiding. And they weren't like, it wasn't like, you know, Falco wasn't a big trench coat with a hat. Like, we have, like, we have turned this into some Jungian nightmare. So it's like, <laughs> the, all these people, I mean, they need to, they don't address this in the sequel, but like, what kind of people saw the dragon flying down the street? And like, there's all kinds of like, people were committed, I'm sure, over this. I know. The entire, know. the entire street. I mean, that's it's really the, sad. And that's how the movie ends. Him exactly. No, no. Yes. On the bullies. So the never ending story is really a tale about vengeance. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Vengeance and complete genocidal conquest. Oh gosh. <laughs> Sorry. That is not, that's the kind of synopsis that we need. <laughs> yes. yes it's it not is. the one we deserve. It's the one that we need. <laughs> we need exactly exactly genocidal conquest with kung fu space wizards uh bat luftwaffe and um racing snail uh cavalry, cavalry. yeah yeah with rock biter uh armored <laughs> armored artillery sorry oh Anyways. my gosh oh my God. all right okay, okay. Anyway, but all right. turn it turn it my big takeaway from this movie okay because right, when let's, you watch- talk about, let's talk about the ratings ratings well no no my big takeaway from the movie. Here it is. My big takeaway from the movie movie is this. Um, that and this is actually kind of serious for me. When I was watching it, it was kind of it, it kind of like it really resonated with me because like you know because in this movie there are actually like a couple points where it's like really sad and then there's real genuine moments of levity, right? Yeah. Like in that scene when Falcor. Uh, at the towards the end, when Falcor picks up a Treyu and they have to go to the boundaries, they're flying through the sky. Falcor basically going as fast as he can, which he lo- loves the idea of that. And a is like, yeah, like like he's like enjoying it, you know, like he's enjoying, even though it's like the, nothing is over, but they're flying through the sky, right? And there's another scene. I think when they're when they are heading, um, there's another scene when they do the same thing where it's like he's moments of. An yeah, he's an Artax, and it's like it's it's like levity. And I noticed that there's like this one of the big takeaways is that this movie does demonstrate, or at least part of the message I think is that there's there can always be like a hope in the darkness, and you can always find joy even in dark times. That's what I kind of wrote from that because like that because when things were really dark, they would still have that scene of levity yeah. in there going on there. So like even when things that. are bad, you can find joy and you can find hope. I and I think that, that was my big takeaway from this film. I agree with that. What about you? What are you, Derek? Do you agree with that? Uh, I mean, yeah, I agree with it, but uh, I, I just, it was a kid's movie. I thought it was good. That's, that's as far, <laughs> as, far as I got. Homie tuned out. Oh, he, <laughs> he didn't get the rock biter scene when no. gripping his hands, whatever. No, that's fine. And the minute Artax died, he was like, I'm so done. I can't watch anymore. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it, I can totally agree with that. I think that there is, there is a point where, you know, and, and even in life, it, 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 you should definitely sometimes find the levity in certain type of situations where you think that may be a little bit, it may be a little too tough for certain things. And you have to kind of just kind of find that soft spot and that in that place where, where, you know, not to take it way too serious as much as you should. You know what I mean? As much as people think you should. Just find the joy. Just find, find the, joy. the joy. In the moment. So um, ratings. How many, how, Derek. Um, oh on a scale of one to Falcor going, <laughs> would you say this is? Is it zero? Zero to, <laughs> I loved Falcor's yell, his scream, whenever he's like going really fast. 
And of course, it, it was always funny whenever he did that. Like you could see the mouth like shake. Ha, 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 ha. Anyway, right. so <laughs> on a scale of zero to ten dead horses in a swamp, <laughs> what'd you say it is? A zero to ten kung, dead kung fu space. Oh movie. gosh. Will you guys shut up? Jesus. <laughs> On a scale of 0 to 10, Nighthawk Air Forces. <laughs> 0 to 10. What do you say? It's a, it's a 7. Motherfuckers, it's a 7. <laughs> 7 dead space wizard, kung fu space wizards. I like it. 7 dead childlike. A 7? Okay. All right. All right. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> that didn't happen in the movie. I don't know. I don't know. What are you watching? What movie are you watching? Anyways, all right. So the, the right one, apparently. She didn't die. <laughs> oh my god, dude! What, what, do you, what, what about you? What do you think? Um, oh I'm gonna god. say seven and seven and a half. I enjoyed it, but it, yeah, but it's a kid. It, it, it is a kids movie, but I still found uh, seven point seven five because I still found enough things. <laughs> like obviously, I found enough things for like for me as an adult that resonated with me that I didn't expect. I'll be. I did not expect the rock biter scene to hit me as hard as it did. And the whole joy, it actually kind of got to me a bit. Um, and so I was like, man, all right. Yeah. So 7.75, maybe 8, but like, no, no, 7.75. 7.75. 7.5. 7.5 OJ egg concoctions. <laughs> all right, well, I'm going to go ahead and probably go with like a seven as well. I'm going to say, I'm going to say seven racing snails, armored cavalry. So that's what I'm going like to say. It. I'm going to say seven racing snails, armored cavalry, and maybe seven dead fantasias. That's what I'm going to say. So I'm going to go with that because I think that, yeah, you're right. It, it is a kid's movie. It, I don't know if it's, it hasn't really like, I guess you could say like, like it was the word I'm saying. Like it hasn't really like aged well, I guess per se. Um, because my my youngest kept saying that's a background. Uh, that's not <laughs> uh, she's that's like funny. that's green screen. That's, that's terrible green screen. Insane. She's like that's a background. Is that that that's not real? Is it? I'm like just shut up and they watch the movie. That one in there. I, literally, <laughs> I literally told my daughter shut up and watch the movie. Just be quiet. And so it was just one of those things, but yeah, I mean, it did not age well. But in my opinion, I think it did it did well enough as a kids' movie to do what it needed to do and pass the and give the necessary smell test, pass the smell test. So I'd say, yeah, I'd say it's um it's seven dead Fantasia worlds. So we're good. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> All right. So in and and always so. This is going to be a, a bit of a surprise thing for everyone. So this year, because we've mentioned it in previous episodes, um, Derek does not like scary movies. None nope. at all. Can't do None it. at all. So we usually have an episode every two weeks. That's usually when we do things. But before, but at, but Derek, but we're also going to have because it is you know it is the season. It is the reason for the season. Um, it is Halloween season. It's October, so we will have a Halloween. Kind of a little special, but like a, bonus episode. Bonus, a little bonus episode. It won't be a part of the the, the alphabet. But before we answer, before we announce the Halloween episode, okay, which will be recorded between now and then, but it'll probably show in a couple weeks. Derek, what are you choosing as your O motion picture? Oh, the O film, um, the big O, oh, the big O. Oh. Oh. You ever watched Office Space? It's like oh, oh, oh. Give her my, give, give me your O face, dude. Oh man, I think I might go with Office Space. Oh shit! 
Yeah, I think I'm good for it. Let's really? You want to go with yeah. Office Space? All right, all yeah. right, we'll go with Office Space. What were you going to do before that, though? Um, I was only the one I was thinking about was uh, that Once Upon a Time in Mexico with... Uh, okay, yeah. I'll go with Office Space. And... Office Space would have worked better. Yeah, okay. That's a better, that's a better option. Okay, all good. Right. All right, so we'll go with Office Space. But Goody and I, we have been discussing the Halloween special. Okay. Oh, what are you going to make I me watch? Long and hard and turgidly about the movie for you. Now, we thought, you know, do we give him something that's super scary? That's or, like truly frightening. Or do we give him something that's kind of like slasher and somewhat unsettling, but just, you know, you can tell it's fake? Or do we give him something in between? Meat in the middle, per se. The intensity. It's not that intense. It really is. Let me just let's just spell that right it now. It is it, is it? So we're gonna give you a movie that came out in the eighties. It's considered kind of like um an eighties kind of sci fi kind of horror classic. Um but it was more of like a cult, cult classic. Cult classic of the eighties. It is um a, a wait, 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 wait. Derek, are you familiar with the work of HP Lovecraft? <laughs> Only from what you told me about uh, that Lovecraft Lovecraft country show. Okay, then no. All right. All right. So what we're going to be telling you is, so the movie that we're going to watch is the great is the eighties cult classic horror movie known as The Reanimator. Okay. I'm quickly googling. Okay. The Reanimator. No, it is very much a kind of like horror comedy type thing. It could be. Some would say. I don't know. It's a cult classic. It is loosely, loosely based on the H.P. Lovecraft store of the same name, although Lovecraft is very much, you know, creeping gothic horror type stuff. Um, I, I haven't really seen this movie myself, so it'll be the first time for me. Yeah, it'll be first time for but, me. But it, it is a motion picture that started the full moon uh, series of movies. It's one of the first. Well, the production company, right? It's a whole yeah, company. They're yeah, a full moon company, full moon pictures. Yeah, they, 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 they were the ones who had. Puppet Master and Beastmaster were actually was theirs. Demonic Toys. Demonic Toys, uh, Trancers, Ghoulies, I think was theirs too. I mean, I don't know if Ghoulies was. I don't know if Ghoulies was, but I know Puppet Master was. That's one of theirs. Dr. Mordred. Dr. Mordred. I mean, this was. Subspecies. So they were like, kind of like the 80s and 90s, like low budget, like Roger Corman type of motion pictures. Horror cult classic type stuff. Had a lot of them, and so they would always make sequels. And Full Moon was like the thing. We we used to watch this a lot as a kids, as kids. My mom would would rent them. She loved my mom. Strangely enough, our mom, she loved low budget horror flicks. I don't know what it was with them, but she just loves low budget horror sci fi. It's just one of her things. She just it's just one of her things. She loves it. Like like she like on Saturdays she watches the Saturday sci fi matinee on Sci Fi Channel. You know like. To watch it. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you watching Sharknado? She's like, it's fun. I'm like, why are you watching it? You're wasting your life watching Sharknado. She's like, I love it. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. But, okay, so but, as we get it. into our so top shelf here watch, in a second, so we're gonna watch Shark. We're gonna watch Sharknado. No, I'm kidding. We're watching the Reanimator. That's the motion picture for the for the special, and for your motion picture, you're picking Office Space. Fantastic, bro. That's awesome. Good job. So for Top Shelf, let's talk about Top Shelf here, guys. Derek, what is your Top Shelf? So 
My top shelf is a new show that um, just got added to Netflix, I think, yesterday as of recording. Um, and it, I, have you guys seen this show called Deaf You? No. Nope. Okay. So it's a – okay. Everyone is entitled to trash TV, okay? Everyone who has like some kind of show that is like a guilty pleasure – I feel like you are entitled to it. For me, that's things like Jersey Shore or Florida Bama Shore or any of those just garbage, garbage television shows. And Deaf You basically is another uh, kids reality drama about the deaf community. (laughs) And they're signing the whole time. This sounds weird as hell. Check it out, though. Watch the first, like, they've got a trailer on Netflix. Just watch that. And it's it's fantastic. I binged, like, the whole season in one day. I, I don't even know. I'm, like, <laughs> I don't know even the concept. I don't know. But I'm actually going gonna, gonna to check it out now because I am speechless. That's it. That's, it. that's all I got with that. What was it called again? I missed it. What was it called? Deaf you, like deaf. you know, if you're hard of hearing or you're without hearing, like hard, deaf you, you. Like the letter you, like university. Yeah, it's a bunch of university students. That's weird, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Check it out. They have a like a, a, a three minute trailer on Netflix. Watch that. You don't like it? Don't watch the movie or the show. All right, all right. Well, let's check it out. All right, uh, Goody. What about you? Um. I've been hooked on, uh, first of all, loving HBO Max. It's a great, great platform. Love the programming there. Uh, I don't know if I talked about it last time, uh, Doom Patrol. Did I? Mm-hmm. Nope. I don't remember anything. That's, that's, I've been hooked on that show. Like, I, I, I binged watched one, like, like the first night I got it. Uh, I started watching it. It was like at 10 o'clock at night and I banged out like five episodes. So I didn't go to sleep till like two or three in the morning that night. And now I've been like slowly going, going through the series but i'm uh, in doom patrol on hbo max it was originally on that um the dc streaming service dc universe mm-hmm. right or dc universe online whatever they call it um you know that's out of the way and everything was moved over to hbo max because that's now going to be that dc universe online thing is going to be um a, a platform for only digital comics but all their programming was moved over to hbo max and now hbo max is going to produce another season of doom patrol Another season of Teen Titans, I think, is well. Another season of Swamp Thing. All these things, um, but man, Doom Patrol. It's great because it's like it reminds me of. It's got really good comedy, can be really funny, but they can also be very, very heartfelt and serious in tone. So they can change their tones really well. Uh, the writing is excellent. Alan, how do you say his name? Alan Tudyk, Tudyk, Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. The, the act, Alan yeah. Tudyk. He's phenomenal as the character he's a very meta character called mr nobody because he talks about talks to us and he in the very first episode he goes oh i know what you're thinking oh another superhero tv show and it's 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 really it's very very good it's it's well written lots of different tones it's uh like i said it's funny but it's also heartfelt it it, it reminds me of um watchmen uh like the watchmen movie or the watchmen comic um with a whole like deconstructing of heroes type thing, but at the same time, not as serious as Watchmen. 
So it's, it's, it's really good. So yeah, Doom Patrol. The characters are great. The heroes or quote unquote heroes are good. It gets super absurd in some, in a lot of ways, but the absurdity is so phenomenal. Like they have a they, case in point. They have a, uh, a prophet character named, I think his name is Jerem, oh no, Ezekiel. Um, he's a cockroach. What? <laughs> he's a cockroach that preaches the second coming and, but he's a cockroach and he's preaching. And you see him preaching and, and like he's talking about how like this is like, he's like a prophet of end times, but he's literally a cockroach. That's and, talking. And, and that's one of the things I think with Doom Patrol, they just strange as shit. It's just, strange. it's, it's really, but then, so you have like stuff like that, but then other, other episodes and stories focus on really serious things too. So they switch back and forth, but it's great. It's great. So yeah, Doom Patrol, that's my and, top show. And of course, because of Crisis on Infinite Earths, it exists in the, in the multiverse with Flash and with, they the- referenced it. In the Infinite Earths episode? Spoiler alert. Yes, they do. At the end of the Crisis on Infinite Earths series, the, the, the miniseries, the, the, the crossover series, they show the different Earths now that yeah, I know that. after Crisis on Infinite Earths. And one of them is Doom Patrol's Earth because they see them dancing around. Like the actual, I got the actors from the Doom yes, Patrol series. They, they got the actors or the season, a scene from the series. Oh, that's cool. I gotta watch the series to tell you what scene it is, Goody. But yes, they actually, it's them. Oh, that's cool. Well, it's all by the same production guy. Uh, What's his name? Um, Berlanti. Yeah, Berlanti. Yeah, it's all him. Yeah, it's all him. So if it's all him, then yeah, yeah, they got him, and then it showed up in the in the the last episode. That's awesome. It was one of the Earths that survived, or that was formed after Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, because they because the multiverse still exists. It's just much smaller. Right, exactly. Is that how it works? It's yeah. much smaller. Okay. It's much smaller. Um, yeah. All right, so that's good. All right, cool. Yeah, Doom Patrol. That's awesome, dude. I've been meaning to watch that. I just never had a chance. Great, to. you got to watch it, bro. It's good. It's really all right. good. All right. So, okay. So for me, um, the for me that my movie, and I thought about it today. I had like a whole mess of other stuff, but for me, I, I I've I've there's a it's a documentary, okay, but it's a documentary on the life of the Beastie Boys. All right, so Ooh. on Apple TV Plus, if you guys have Apple TV Plus, get it. Oh yeah, I saw the preview for that a long time ago. I didn't, I hadn't gotten around to it though. All right, so it's a movie by by the name of it's called The Beastie Boys Story. It's on Apple TV Plus. It's directed by Spike Jones. It's a live documentary. But what I mean by live documentary was they had three shows that they did in New York City. I don't know where. I think it's New York. Either way, they did three shows where Mike D. Okay. And and uh, and Ad Rock, so Mike Diamond and Adam Horowitz were basically, and the director of the show was Spike Jones, which shows up his voice shows up over the PA a few times because they fu- he fucks with them a couple times in the actual thing. It's a live show of their discussion, talking for the for about two hours of how the Beastie Boys got started, and it you know it follows through the entire career their entire career. From the beginnings as uh, a punk rock band with um, with the 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 that the girl they had as a drummer and their friends and they would go to CBGBs to watch punk rock bands and hardcore and all that kind of stuff to where they started with Def Jam as rappers and how they left Def Jam and, and, and you'll find out what happened to them why they left Def Jam or why they left to do Paul's Boutique and how Paul's Boutique was kind of like a reawakening for them. And then from there went to Hello Nasty. You know what I mean? Like they just, they talk about the, 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 their whole experience and how they've grown, how they grew as artists from just like 
And License to Ill was just a bunch of party boys drinking and just fucking around and create, making crazy ass rhymes where they go to Paul's Boutique, which I think, in my opinion, Paul's Boutique is a much better album. You know, it's much more sophisticated and the rhymes are much tighter on Paul's Boutique compared to License to Ill. License to Ill, everybody knows because it uh, commercially is a much more commercially successful album. But Paul's Boutique... Yeah, Sabotage is on that one. No, Sabotage Sabotage is on Ill Communications. Oh, Ill Communications. There we go. Yeah, sorry. So, so, Sorry, sorry, sorry. But but from License to Ill to Paul's Boutique, like where they grew as artists is just, it's amazing because the differences between the two albums, if you guys don't have those albums, those are the two, two of the most amazing albums. I think Paul's Boutique is probably, probably the best album. In my opinion, so like they have a whole mess of albums. But like, as far as the, the, I can't think of the anything after Hello Nasty because they have a couple after Hello Nasty. But let's say the top, the first four albums you have: License to Ill, you have Paul's Boutique, you have uh, Ill Communications, and then you have Hello Nasty. Okay, so in my opinion, the way it works in my in my my order for that is Paul's Boutique, Hello Nasty, Ill Communications, and License to Ill. Granted. All four of these albums are amazing. And Beastie Boy's story talks about how they created all four. But they spend more time on License to Ill and Paul's Boutique because Paul's Boutique is where they made a shift as artists to what they really wanted to do. So definitely going to watch this. Dude, you need to watch it. It is an amazing documentary, the Beastie Boy story. Like, I was watching it with Michelle, and we had put the girls to bed. And we started watching the movie, and she's like, you need to stop the movie because we will finish this tonight. We need to go to sleep. It was late. You know, and so I, we, we left, and we came back, like, the next day, like, like in the afternoon, like, during lunch or something. And we watched yeah. the rest of the movie. But it was it was worth the time, dude. It's worth the time. So, Beastie Boy story on Apple TV Plus is worth it. I'm going to check it out. I'm definitely going to check it out. Check it out, guys. <sighs> um, anyway, so, like we said... That is our show tonight. We are we are going to be watching. We're going to have a special on the Reanimator next week. We're going to be recording, and then the week after, we will be doing Office Space. All right. So, um, anything you guys want to say right now? Man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't All know right. if I want it. I don't know if I want it. I, last time somebody, man. People, <laughs> All right. So either way, either way. So. So um, based on everything, just everybody needs to make sure that in their lives, they need to live a never-ending story. <laughs> never-ending story. Right, everybody scream like Falcor. Yeah. No. All right, guys. All right, everybody. I know that was- have a good night. Peace out. Later. Later.